We're gonna talk about things We're gonna talk about stuff We're gonna talk about things and stuff And have opinions It's never been done before I see the... Did you see the D&D game with, with, with the tits? Yeah, yeah you... you. You sent that to me. I was I was very confused. So is that like officially Muppets or is it just like someone's project? <laughs> I I don't think it's officially Muppets because they say the word Muppets, which is where trademarked and owned by where, Disney. Where do they say did it? That? Did it not say Muppets? I thought it said Muppets on there. On the tweet I sent. So so it, we're, we're we're speaking. Oh, of... it does just say puppets. Yeah, so, um, just fuck it. So there's a a new show sponsored by uh, Wizards, sponsored by Wizards of the Coast, the publishers and developers, whatever, of, D- of Dungeons & Dragons, where it's just, it's it's a cool idea and concept. It's, it's a D&D campaign, and, and all the characters are play-acting as puppets, like these Muppet-ass-looking puppets. Let's, let's be real, they're Muppets. Like, it, they look exactly like Muppets. They do. Um, we literally have Elmo with tits as as the the character front, front and center, center on the poster. He's like a uh, like a female barbarian. It looks like. Yeah, yeah, uh, a dragonborn uh, lady barbarian. Massive tits. Um, just it is. They're bigger than her head. How, um, it I, is ungodly. I, I know we've had a joke previously on the podcast about Disney trademarking vibes. How. <laughs> So at the moment, Disney's lawyers are working overtime in the office, and they're like, "How can we sue this production?" Because I don't, you can't trademark the idea of puppets, but how close can you get to Muppets and still be safe? So I don't. I, I think I don't know that you can like, unless there's like a signature feature about Muppets that you can try to trademark. Like I don't. Like, I think you can trademark Elmo, but I think Elmo has a nose that this, this, yeah, like the, um... Z cup fucking monster doesn't have. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the the exact look, um, but it's definitely done in the style of Muppets. I'm just, I know Disney's lawyers are like panicking right now, like scrounging over every little possible thing they could use to shut this down. And like I so like i i do still think obviously that would be overly litigious or whatever but at the same time like the the whether it's applied in bad faith or not the argument for that is that you don't want like confusion you don't want people to think that this is like you don't want people to think this other thing is your thing right well i mean i legitimately thought it was muppets i was like wow that's very risque for disney (laughs) yeah no i i mean one of them in the back looks like Grover. Like it's, it's yeah. So that would be the that would be the excuse that that Disney would use, and then the counter argument would be a parody and free use. And goddamn, how how much of the world do you need to trademark that you need to trademark like the style? Oh no! What? So. Okay, just to give the name, this the show is called Stuff of Legends. It's hosted by the Hoven Shire, and it's being, um, I don't know if it's being produced or whatever, but it was definitely advertised by Wizards of the Coast, mm-hmm. which is why I heard of it. That's funny, because it's called Stuff of Legends, and they're stuffed. 
I'm pretty sure I know. So it has here the names of the characters on the show, like like the names of like the actual characters the people are playing, um, the players are playing. So let me. I'm gonna read them all. Let me know if you can guess. And I, I might be wrong. I, I guess I don't know for surezies which one of these names corresponds to Elmo with tits. Um, but let me know if you can if you if you have a guess okay. based on these four character names. We have Majelica Plum. We have Slippy Richardson, we have Hatchet Hand, and we have Areola Borealis. <laughs> well, Slippy's the blue fish, Hatchet Hand is the, the guy in the back, the, I, I guess he's a dwarf. Um, the first one was the, the purple chicken, the last one is definitely... Yeah, I, 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 if I, yeah, I mean... So like there there are some folks that were like pretty much everyone was dunking on it in my circle because it looks fucking stupid, um, and then there was a counter dunk of like well the, a, a woman's playing the character so you're not allowed to dunk it's like I you know the joke is obviously going to be the fucking tits though Th- that's that's obviously all it's going to be which it's like I'm not sitting here offended it's just fucking stupid yeah um I, that, but I mean, it's a it's it's a joke yeah and and then it's like okay Ariel okay fine sure have fun. If you want to watch a and d show at 9 a.m. on a Tuesday, I, yeah, I, guess, I guess you can yeah. watch this one. Um, what is it on? Uh, it's on the Hovenshire's YouTube page, I believe. Okay, so looks it's like. a YouTube series. Yeah, looks it, like it. I guess it could be funny. I guess it Because uh, I, I, I don't know them, so I don't know like what their style of humor is going to be. I can only assume it's going to be like crass and... Which is fine. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I know one of them named... Uh, a bow ass fuck which like haha okay it kind of sounds like being crass just for the sake of being crass like haha he, i named my bow a curse word that's funny right i'm gonna shoot this man in the butt with a bow ha, it's ha, like, ha, uh, ha, ha. all of the the netflix originals uh, the cartoons that all try to like um piggyback off of like rick and morty and like some other shows mm-hmm. and like none of them are funny they're just making the same noises and, yeah they're just they're they're cra- they're all done in the same artistic style and then they're all just crass and dumb like for no reason yeah. they're like what if we just what if we made a show about children talking about sex or a dude who's a, a drunken asshole like wow that wouldn't that be funny no not really yeah <sighs> so is there anything else that you want to talk about this week before we just get to the medium uh i didn't do anything else this week i i finally just de- I, I finally decided today to give up on ready player two <laughs> and I, I pulled my book out, bookmark out and i i put it on the bookshelf and i was like i gave it i gave it a college try but man so we haven't chronicled any of that here so do you have any 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 uh, last yeah, I words I, 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 for we, just, we didn't just talk about it on um we talked Discord. about it around when it came so, out but then but then you decided to read it after like a few months later so i guess so. spoiler or give it a shot for the first like Ten, not even ten chapters. Um, it, he he like goes out of his way 
to like um diffuse any tension or problems that you would like foreshadow because like some of the stuff like what he sets up is like really easy to like foreshadowing you'd be like oh this is gonna turn out bad later but then he spends an odd amount of time explaining to you why it's not going to be bad and you're like oh well normally this would be foreshadowing but you're spending an, a long time explaining like why this isn't bad so maybe it's not like is this like a weird way of you setting up that it actually is like you're trying to subvert me in some way um, it starts off with, uh, Wade Watts after winning his competition. It's like, it's like literally a, a month later. Like, there's no time skip at all. From um, Ready Player One? Yeah. Yeah. It's like immediately afterwards. And he, he gets a, a, um, a final clue that leads him into like a secret room in... Uh, the office of the company that he took over and in there is um the the Halliday, the guy who designed the vr system uh he has a new headset and it's one that like gets placed on your head and then it like wirelessly interacts with your brain and your brain stem and it instead of like using like haptic suits and stuff it just like puts you into the world like it's fucking ghost in the shell or some shit and it's like, okay, that's obviously going to be bad later on, right? Like, <laughs> there's going to be issues. But then he spends, like, the entire chapter explaining how he, like, did a bunch of research, and they, like, perfected the technology, and they're like, yeah, you're only supposed to use this for 12 hours, because if you go over the 12-hour limit, like, problems can start to occur. So they're like, yeah, we put a limiter on it. Like, there's a, there's a hard lock like programmed lock in the system that like boots you out automatically after you go over 12 hours and it's like okay so you kind of took care of the problem and you you pointed out and took care of the problem that i figured would arise later and then there's like a bunch of other stuff that you would think like oh this is going to be an issue and they're like no, no 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 it's not a problem because of this this and this and they spent a very weird amount of time explaining to you why it's not going to be a problem and i'm like so this is going to go one of two ways either it's going to be a problem and you're lying to me or it's not going to be a problem and we don't have like tension we don't have an issue within the book yeah we're spending a whole lot of time on the shit that is not the <laughs> why are we here yeah exactly uh, like, like this is like the similarian but for ready player one which <laughs> we did not need yeah and then um so yeah, basically, uh, they release the the technology, and they become they literally remember the other the evil corporation that was in uh the the ones that threw people out of windows and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. So they they buy them out because they release this technology and they get so much money that they literally become a monopoly. And Wade is like explaining why this is good, and I'm like, no, this is not good. This is not good at all. Like Wade, you need to stop. So then, um, I forget what triggers it. He he finds something, and it triggers another egg hunt, like in the first one, from Halliday that he hid. But it's only for him. Like, it's specific, like he, there's another recording from Halliday, and it's like, yeah, only my, uh, my inheritor can do this. 
So it's like okay, so it, it's not like he knew Wade was going to do it. it, it was yeah, like the guy it was, who this the, was the last originally game. set. Yeah, exactly. This was originally set up, and I was like, okay, only my inheritor can do this. It's another um, quest that I have hardwired into the game, and you're going to go do it. So it's like, okay, that removes the ticking to- clock element because you know he's not racing against the entire world trying to find these clues. It's just mm-hmm. him. Yeah, like like when I was reading the first book, and I was like, "Oh, is he gonna be able to get yeah, a perfect like, play of, of Space Invader right novel, now?" And obviously, the hero's gonna like, win, but it's like that's that tension, that possibility of attention, isn't even here. Yeah, um, and then he he finds the first clue with the help of uh, the character who he. Um, it's, it's, it's the transgender character who we've talked about it over discord and it, it's very poorly written and I feel like it's slightly offensive, but not attempting to be offensive in some ways, uh, which is a lot of this book. Actually, (laughs) I think it's like tiptoeing too much around topics and like trying to cover its tracks. It does a lot of weird like saying something and then backtracking and then telling you why it's not bad and then backtracking again and then clarifying and it's like okay I, I I get it you you don't need to you know like keep assuring me that you're not a piece of shit I if you had just continued on I wouldn't have thought that um so once he he finds the first clue um Halliday's friend who's still alive um Gog? I can't remember his his full name, but like the the co-owner of the company, he begins hunting for the the clues. And Wade's like, "Wait, but only the inheritor can do it." And he's like, "Wait a minute. Technically, he did inherit part of the company. He could also search for the clues." And then that's supposed to like restart the ticking clock, but it's like we know he's a good guy. So if he if he solves the, the riddle, nothing bad is gonna happen, and we don't even know like like there's no reward set for the the uh, the clues. It's just you find these find these clues and unlock the last thing that I have for you. It, it'll be really important, you know. Where in the first one, it's like if this evil corporation gets this, they will literally take over the world and, you know, put microtransactions and shit into... The, the EA is going to take over the internet. But in, <laughs> in this one, it's like, the main character or a side main character who has proven to be a good person is going to get something special. Why does yeah. it matter who wins? Uh, I'm I'm... I'm bored thinking about you reading this book. <laughs> like, 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 just yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't see why. Why does this exist? I, yeah, I really don't know. It really feels like that. Like, it's like why I don't understand why we needed a sequel to this book. Um, and then the stuff that we were talking about before this book came out, with like the weird social yeah, the... stuff, is worse in context. Which is yeah, unbelievable. I, I was a little, I was a little worried it was going to be. Yeah, um, I don't think it's like offensive. Like I don't, I, you know, it's not like he's like they're not actually people. Like, but it's it's weirdly trying to validate, and it's also 
There's two things. It's a disservice to the main character because, like, so he finds out that this girl is um, transgender, was born male, and then transitioned to female, which is fine. But he, like, assures the audience, he's like, I didn't have uh, a sexual crisis uh, because I watched (laughs) a lot of uh, gay, straight, and... um, transgendered porn in uh my new vr headset and uh i figured out that love is love and it's totally fine and i'm like you know it's actually okay if your main character has a growth arc like he could totally start off a little weirded out that he found this person attractive and he sort of struggles with that but then over time he comes to that realization like that is a growth arc and that's fine to have. You can have your character start off at a bad position and then slowly grow into a new spot. So it's a disservice to your main character because you're not allowing them to grow. You're just saying, oh, this this character's already grown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also feel like it's a, it's a disservice to the other side because it's like you're trying to validate them. You know, he's like, yeah, she's super attractive, yeah, I would totally fuck a trans yeah, person. Like he I literally fucking... says that. Like he's he's we, like a super people... fan. So she yeah. she's a she's like a YouTube star that he like stalks and is like a huge fan of. And then like he finds out that she's transgender, and then he's just like, yeah, I'd still fuck it. It's like great, thank you. For she's clarifying. a person. Yeah, <laughs> she's a human person who doesn't exist. Ah, yeah, and it's like it's like at least he wrote it as she's a fan of him too. So it's like okay, I see where this love interest is going. But it's like you you don't need to validate your character and yourself to the audience. And again, you can take the risky move and be like, my main character is not going to be okay with this at first. And then maybe he learns like later on, like yeah, it's totally fine. Like even if he doesn't end up with her, like you can still have that character growth because there's a lot of character growth that this character needs to have because he's a piece of shit in this novel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, literally the first the first book was a coming of age book for Wade, so like the entire yeah. fucking thing was him growing. And like I, I've kind of turned on this where like I so Shit's Creek the the sitcom um, that aired on like the Canadian broadcast network or whatever mm-hmm. for like six years. Um, that show has a um, openly bi character, and um, they move to like a like a town in the middle of nowhere, and um, like it would be easy for them to fall into like oh people have trouble accepting him and stuff, and that becomes a um, like a series a, a point of growth for the cast. But instead, the show literally like no one has a problem with it. Everyone is just immediately accepting. It, it is not something that is like begrudged with in any way. And it kind of turned me on, like, seeing the value both ways. Like, I, I, there's, it's certainly extremely valuable to have that, like, those growing arcs in media. I think that's very important. But also being able to, ha- like, show a narrative of what it's like after this and be able to focus on other shit besides just these people exist and are human. And we can get into the other problems. Yeah, for sure. Beyond um, that, like, both of those are very valuable. But in this case, it's just, like... In the last eight years, this dude learned what a trans person was and wanted to show it off. Like, it just kind of... Yeah. That's really what it reads the, like. And the, I, I really hate saying that because it sounds reductive, but it just straight up seems like this dude wanted to show how woke he was. And it just... It, it does feel like that. It's The problem is that it's embedded within the world building. It's not... Um, 
it's a world building issue not a like social issue because he he clarifies that like the introduction of this because you can experience things from people's point of views and like feel their feelings and emotions and stuff because Mm -hmm. it injects them into your brain which is opening a whole nother (laughs) you you thought persona 5 was bad um imagine because it could go both ways that was my, I'm, I'm my that was immediately hard. my I'm, thought was like, hey, I'm straight. Does that mean if I just watch a bunch of VR, you know, homosexual like if I just watch um uh Billy Harrington a bunch on VR, <laughs> am I just gonna suddenly be gay now? No, that's what fucked. A, what that, about that's the a other fucked way? idea. Yeah, like it, it it's it's fucked either way you look at it. And so Yeah, totally. They they it, the world it's embedded within the world building so it's not wade being a uh untrusting narrator he literally like goes into detail about like how the vr headsets have like reduced racism and sexism and like um transphobia and all that kind of stuff and i'm like i don't think that's how it would work but that also that removes it because you could you could argue that like okay he's being a um he's being an unreliable narrator because he's he's a young kid and then mm. it's shoving it into your world building which you kind of have to accept as fact because it's your world that's how you built it what he should have done i think is had because it's written from his it's written from first person past tense so he's like telling a story after the fact but it's written as if he told it like immediately after the story like it's it's written from like the point of view of like a teenager um, it should have been written from older Wade, who's, like, writing his memoir. So then you can improve the prose a bit, and then you can have older Wade reflecting back on his younger self. So then going back to, like, what I would have changed for his character arc is, you know... That way you don't have, like, the initial Wade being like, Oh my god, I'm, I'm finding a transgendered person attractive. Then you have older Wade be like, Yeah, at the time... I didn't really understand, and I was super confused. Looking back on it, this is kind of an embarrassing moment for me, but I've grown. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's uh, it, it seems like part of me wonders if like is that literally not possible because the dude that wrote it isn't at that point yet. He knows that it's okay, but he hasn't possible. fully like like come like like gained a full understanding of it because it is yeah. like like reckoning with the identity of any someone that's not you is very challenging and i think it's laudable that he seems to be trying but like putting pen to paper and going like okay this is the fucking roadmap to about 20 percent of the way <laughs> that we should be right. it's not it's not super helpful yeah, like, and, like- and dedicating such a big focus of this of his world building and his plot, it's. I don't think it's like the end of the world, but it's worth dunking on. Like, like yeah, like yeah, that was fucking my, twerp. I um, I I think it's laughable. I don't think it's like him. Like I I, I somebody in the community who's more in, like into the community. Like I'm completely out of the loop, but somebody might find it slightly offensive. But I don't. I don't think it's necessarily offensive. I think it's just done poorly. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, Ready Player One seems not not great you mean two? uh yes ready player, ready player two, one right. was acceptable it's, it was a cute this young it's adult fine for what it is fucking yeah. need a sequel <laughs> I, I also feel like i'm not on the uh the social issues anymore but i do feel like the uh the references are way worse in this one like 
Because the first one, it was, you know, they were just, they would, like, constantly reference 80s culture and stuff like that. In this one, it's, like, literally constant. It's, like, every other sentence has, like, a reference. Like, it's awful. Like, he, he wakes up, and it's just like, I woke up to my, my Pan Am A3600 silver alarm clock, and I set it to the, the ringtone that Marty McFly uses when he wakes up from... Uh, um, back to the future, and then I sing along with it, and then it has like in italics like the lyrics of the song, and it's like, yeah, you could have just said Marty McFly, and I would have understand, I would have understood Back to the Future, but uh, I guess you had to include the movie title in there. I get it. <laughs> like it's like a paragraph just explaining like his alarm clock. Yeah. Eh. So yeah, it's on it's, it's on my bookshelf. I knew it was going to be bad, but it's up on the bookshelf <laughs> now, and I will probably never finish it. Mm-hmm. Oh well, I'm sure the movie. But I am suck. reading a good book. Was that? Uh, to sleep in a sea of stars by the dude who wrote Aragon. Okay. Uh, Paolini, pa- pa- Paolini. I can't remember how to pronounce his name. Christopher is his first name. Uh, he wrote the Aragon series when he was like sixteen or something. Wow. Um. Yeah, it was a really really popular book back when I was in high school, and I read the first like two or three. Um, they were pretty good, but this this new book, is, I'm re- listening to it on audiobook, and it's narrated by uh, Jennifer Hale. And it's this is the first audiobook she's done, and it's she's fucking perfect. I love her voice. She's a very good voice actress. Yeah. Um. So it starts off with this girl who's on a, a future colony planet with a, a few people, and they're like um, starting the like terraforming and like studying and uh, like dropping supplies and doing stuff like that. She gets engaged to her boyfriend, everything's all happy, and you're like, oh, okay, this is going to be, like, a, a, what was, like, set up in, like, the first chapter or two was, like, oh, okay, like, they want to they wanna go settle somewhere now that they're engaged, uh, but, like, something's going to come up with the company, and they have to be split apart, and they're going to be, like, on the other sides of the universe, and then it's going to be a journey about them getting back together, and it's going to be, this. the theme is going to be, you know, love is stronger than the distance of the entire galaxy. And I was like, okay, I can kind of see where this this uh, book is going. And then it turned into Prototype. Okay. Do you remember Prototype on the uh, mm-hmm. um, two generation consoles ago? Yeah, Where Venom, you the... but your hand turns into a sword or Yeah, whatever. so it turns into that. <laughs> like, out of nowhere. And it really hit me hard when she got infected by an alien parasite and then accidentally murdered everyone. And it, I, it, uh... it's <clears throat> really good. If this was written by the people who wrote The Medium, um, that would have been her fault. And, and and just oh yeah oh god but yeah if anyone wants if anyone's looking for a good um very well written science fiction uh slightly body horror alien invasion book to sleep in a sea of stars is very good so far no, that's right. pretty new right like, that yeah was, like, it, it came year. out fairly recently yeah i think late 2020 Get it on audiobook, because Jennifer Hale narrates it, and she is lovely. 
Yeah, I started thinking <clears throat> now that uh, Mass Effect One is going to get the Legendary Edition release or whatever. Um, do you think we're gonna all over again have to cut into like the objectively correct and incorrect camps of like, all right, who chose Mark Mayer? Who, oh. who fucking chose Male Shepard? I, uh, Just, I, I always Mark Mayer's totally fine. I always, he's fine. Always pick Femship. But come on, Jennifer Hale is a queen in Mass well, uh, like come, like come the fuck on now. Mark Mir is okay, but if you if you fucking know no 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 the difference to him, but I mean is it's Jennifer Hale. Yeah, I actually have Jennifer Hale is Commander Shepard. I have like, a I have a fuck. Mass Effect three poster that my friend got for me when he went to some uh, event, and it's signed by Jennifer Hale. It's really happy. It made me happy. Oh, that's baller. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, did we, I, just... I, I watched the trailer for that earlier. Do we know if it's like, did they change anything other than just upscaling it to, to 4k? Cause if that's I mean, the God, only change they did, I will be very mad. I don't think there's any new content or anything. Well, I don't need new content. Of... I just need like remaster it. So the first game doesn't explode PCs. Yeah, I can't. I can't speak to that. I would. I given what we've seen, given the output we've seen out of Bioware the last decade, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, if, if I, I would just... not be surprised if the only change is 4K resolution. And then you I, just, I wouldn't you be just, shocked if they like open up a 360 emulator or something. Just oh god! <laughs> if somebody cracks the code and finds out it's just an emulation, oh. I mean, like, we all got mad about that when, like, they emulated the mobile version of Chrono Trigger on the PC, and that, oh, yeah. that was, like, that was, like, by necessity, if they had to do that for goddamn Mass Effect, which, like, I, Mass Effect 1 and 2, like, I still, part of my head still lives in that space between 2 and 3 coming out and being, like, Mass Effect's gonna be the best thing this generation, it's gonna be the flagship of this fucking industry, holy shit, it's so good, and then 3 came out, and, like, Three isn't even bad, but it like sank the ship so fucking hard, and then Andromeda came out and fired a nuke at the ship that was sinking. Yeah, it, and now it's just done. Like I know they're saying they're making another one, but who fucking believes Bioware? Right. Like Mass Effect Three, I wouldn't say it was a sinking ship. It was a so if Mass the Mass Effect trilogy is a sports car, the the first one is like a really good acceleration. Um, the second one kind of skids a little bit, but for the most part, it's on course, and then, um, the third one explodes, but it still rolls across the finish line. And then, it stops past the finish line, and then Andromeda comes out with a bunch, like, uh, fire extinguishers, but instead of fire extinguishers, they accidentally, like, whatever, I don't know what you put in, uh, I think it's CO2, no, it's, it's not CO2, you put something in a fire extinguisher, but they put in gasoline instead, and they just accidentally <laughs> torch the car, and it just lights on fire again. Just, man, if they just went like, hey, what if, uh, the old man, or whatever, at the end of three was fucking lying, it just, just... What if that didn't happen? Just Tell start it two again. Story. Do you know just, the worst just... part about the ending of Mass Effect Three is that they set up like a really interesting end of the world scenario with the the Mass Effect relays exploding and everyone being stranded at Earth, and it was like, oh my god, what's gonna happen after this? And then they backpedaled and they released that stupid free DLC ending explained thing. And it was literally just, yeah, they repaired the Mass Effect relays, and everyone went home, and it was totally fine. Yeah. Also, no, like, the, like a, a, the, the idea of like a post, 
like galactic civilization world where it's like they can never reattain it. Like that's fucking dope. Yeah. That would have been an awesome fucking that setting to go setting, back to. Yeah, that would have been a good setting for a new trilogy where you play as a different character and you're trying to like rebuild or like reverse engineer the Mass Effect relay so that you can get everyone fucking home because yeah. traveling across the galaxy takes fucking forever. Uh, but apparently that doesn't matter. You can just willy-nilly use FTL and be fine. Because they, they crash land on that jungle planet, and you you think, like, oh my god, they're stranded here until somebody rescues them. They're going to have to start a new society here. And then the expanded version, it's just, oh, they just they just took off. Their, their ship wasn't damaged? What? Why? I, I honestly thought the extended ending made it worse. Yeah, I, I I like the Citadel DLC. I don't know. I I, I, I I honestly I've only seen the extended ending. I wasn't I, I never actually finished it when it came out. Oh, okay. So, um, like I do know generally the difference, but yeah, I was I don't I I remember uh, beating it and then like doing the Citadel DLC, and I was like, ah, that sucked. But you know, I like Garrus, and then me and Garrus hung out on the Citadel. And, yeah made fun of Rex and shit, and was like, oh, this is a fun time with my pals that I that I made, and yeah, this story ended up stupid, but, you know, me, me and Garrus are gonna fucking, fucking shoot soda cans off of the fucking side of the Citadel. Did you see that um, Star Trek Picard just stole Mass Effect's story? No, I, I never, I've never dug into any of this, I, I want to dig into, like, Star Trek, but I've never actually been able to. Star Trek Picard's story is Mass Effect's story. There's like a um uh there's a giant space squid that a, a giant robotic space squid that comes out of like a rift in reality and it um it tries to destroy races before they can develop artificial intelligence and like robots and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and then they have to stop it. It's Literally a one for one from Mass Effect. Um, they even have like a like a like a beacon that um, the uh, I can never remember the races um, the 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 evil ones from the original Gromulans the Romulans Gim- so, sorry with the, the Romulans the Romulans finds and then when they touch it it does you know when when Shepard touches the the beacon it does a bunch of the, like the horror images. Oh yeah. Instead of do, well, they did that, but instead of like making their own like interesting things that actually look like they're from the game, they did a bunch of just stock like literally stock images from like stockimage.com. And if you look closely in one of them, they forgot to remove the watermark. It's of <laughs> like funny. a it, it's of like a butterfly like flapping in like a black background or something and it says like Shutterstock on it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, they literally just copied Mass Effect story one for one. It's really funny. I uh, <clears throat> I wish I cared. I don't know. Like, I I really wish I liked Mass Effect still. I really wish I could care that people are ripping it off. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wish Andromeda <laughs> could have hurt me more, but it's just... Oh, uh, no. Man, I don't know. And, and I... I yeah, they put out that little fucking teaser of like, oh, someone found the Normandy. Who fucking cares? It was Liara. Does it matter? It doesn't fucking matter. It, I like, think like, it's I think it's too late. People are like, oh my god, Mass Effect's coming back. I'm like, it's gonna be shit. No, it, like, like, like look at the so, current state of Bioware and how long it's been since Mass Effect three. Like, yeah, like you know, <clears throat> folks like me, because 
So there was another announcement of a Silent Hill DLC in one of these Monster of the Week uh, party games, um, like two days ago. Um, I can't remember the game. Let me find it real quick. Um, but basically, there's this game, uh, Dark Deception, Monsters and Mortals. It kind of looks Dead by Daylighty. I don't know exactly what it is. Um, but they announced, like, oh, we're doing a Silent Hill DLC. We'll probably bring in the Pyramid Heads and the whatnot. So, you know, like, like people that are looking for new Silent Hill, sure. If Konami announced a new one, that'd be exciting. But the people that made it, we know where they are, you know? Yeah. Like, like the guy that directed the original Silent Hill is up. He just started his own studio. He started it last year. Um, and he said he's going to make a game in 2023. Let's let's look forward to that. Masahiro Ito, the art designer of a lot of the Silent Hill stuff, he's still at Konami. He does stuff for comics. He does concept art on the inter- like on Twitter and stuff. We can follow that. Like it, we we don't have to be tied to this brand. We can be tied to the people who actually made the shit. And we know the Bioware magic, whatever the fuck it was, it's not there anymore. The the people, the doctors are gone. The people who made Mass Effect are gone. It, they can call it whatever they want. Unless something changes, that's not going to be Mass Effect. And that's, I mean, it sucks, but it's fine, you yeah, know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's only Mass Effect in name, and it has the the, um, the trademarks and the, the characters and, like, the world and stuff, which is cool. Like, I love that world, but it doesn't have... Bioware is not the same company that it once was. Like, yeah, look at the sequel trilogy of Star Wars that we talked about last week. It's Star Wars. Everyone loves Star Wars, but man, that's that's not the same. It's got the lightsabers and the yeah. I guess that's what all, all like the general audience cares about. There's like, I want to see lightsabers and I want to see the the Millennium Falcon blow Tie Fighters out of the sky. It's like you got it. And like, sure, like if I if I were playing New Mass Effect, I'd be like, oh hey, it's a uh, Rex, whatever they were called, and. It's it's a Garrus. They they like engines and, and and like oh it's a blue lady and the other blue lady. They're different. They're different species. <laughs> this one can get sick real good and this one can't. One's perfect. Um, and also also one of the blue ladies are they're they're all they're they're one gender or whatever whatever it is. But I mean, sure that happens and uh, like I would uh, were, were Geth a thing that that's a thing right? Yeah, they were robots. Um, sh- like, uh, sure, I'll look at that, but that's not why I like Matt. Like, I-, I did like Mass Effect for that, but it was mostly, like, I mean, me and Garrison Rex fucking ruining people. And, and, and like, my- the relationship you build with that particular party. And unless you can capture that shit again, like, it- I don't really care yeah, about the world it of doesn't, Mass Effect. Like, the problem is that, like, they'll, they'll, they'll try to, like, drum up nostalgia, but it's like... You don't need to I mean, do yeah, that. Like, you could make an Andromeda game. You just need to make it not shit. Yeah, if you had Andromeda that, like, when you put it in your computer, it didn't, like, set something on fire. Like, <laughs> I... Th- that The problem wasn't that the game didn't open with Liara finding the Normandy. That that was not the yeah. issue. Um, it, fucking whatever. Go, like, what we were talking about last week with Star Wars, it's like, you don't, you don't need to find that time that little, you know, um, border within the the timeline that's unexplained and, like, make a movie about it. You just, you gotta make, you just do your own original thing. So make make a new story, but in the Mass Effect universe. You don't have to find Commander Shepard. You don't have to play Commander Shepard. You, you can do something new, just not Andromeda, because, like, it was, it was fine. It's just, it ran like shit, and, like, 
I, I think the biggest thing was none of the characters were very interesting, and that's, like, a huge point. Like, the story isn't that great. It's like, okay, well, at least I have the colorful cast of characters to fall back on. And then Andromeda was just like, you got one of each race. There you go. What if they made a game... <clears throat> About Joker's bonitis, and we had to we had to find the, the cure to it. It's like then, a really then... like touchy feely indie game walking <laughs> simulator where you you like you start off and you're like Joker walking around as like a kid being all happy, and then like you slowly degrade over time. And it was like a flash forwards, and you're like in the doctor's office, and he's like explaining to you in like muffled tones, and there's like really sad like avant garde music playing and. The next scene is him, like, really slowly, like, trudging along in a wheelchair, and it's, like, all squeaky, <laughs> and just, the music is just... <laughs> I'm somehow not being sold on this idea. Ah, <laughs> uh, speaking of so- avant-garde indie games... Uh-huh. Do you think we stalled long enough? We stalled for... Yes and, for, y- yes and no. For, we stalled for 40 minutes. <sighs> so before we before we get into the Bash Fest... I yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. I, I, I want to well, well, really... Uh, want to be fair. Shout sure, out. Let's be fair. I really want to shout out the art direction of the medium. Okay. Uh, it was <clears throat> phenomenal. I'm a, I am a sucker... For very good contrasting color designs, and it um, when you're in the when Marianne is in the other world, it's a very uh, heavy blue orange co- uh, color contrast, and when you're playing as Thomas in the other world, it's uh, red green contrast, which are both very very dark and very colorful and flavorful color contrasts that I both I love so. Yeah. Uh, the art direction, so, the design, all of that, top notch, and deserves a special like side section of just like you did good here, good job. Yeah, yeah. So to be clear, we are talking about the medium, the new game from the the just bloober, fucking bloober. Like like they, it's like they fucking know that they have problems <laughs> and. <clears throat> Like, it's blooper and boob all at once. It's just, you are both a blooper and a boob. Yeah. C- congratulations. They made, um, um, uh, Layers of Fear, which was generally well accepted, right? So, Layers of Fear, um, Layers of Fear 2, and even the medium. The medium's crit- metacriticing around a 70. Um, like, the critical reception hasn't been that bad. Um, and I think that's mostly because the bones of this game aren't that bad. Um, but like they, the issues that I will be bringing up here are issues that they have had problems with for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll put, try to put those in a context as best I can when we get there. But yeah, I mean, they are, it's, so you remember that, that JRPG I played two years ago, or it's weird even calling it that cause it was made by in the West, but like Y2K, yeah. um, the postmodern RPG, mm-hmm. Where, like, it, it was these, it was these two guys. Liter- like, I think there was a third person. But basically, these two guys 
just like trying to ape the the style and the flair of a certain type of game um like they were trying to ape like earthbound and like p the good like the the good ps1 rpgs and trying to take that idea and try to kind of modernize it kind of tell their own story with it and just um there is talent there you know like emulating that art style getting it to flow um and, and like having the game generally play well all that stuff was accomplished in y2k but it was in the service of um in y2k's uh case just total nonsense and in the blue in in this game's case the medium for uh, and i'm very interested to see how you feel about it but for in my case it was just like blatantly hurtful fucking exploitative horse shit like congratulations you wanted to make a silent hill 2 you explicitly wanted to make a silent hill game so much so that you got the composer of silent hill to do the soundtrack which is great good job akira yamaoka still still got the hits um, a bit more understated than most of the Silent Hill soundtracks, but I I still heard it. it like m- I think he did most of Thomas's hmm. um, Otherworld scenes I was or whatever. Say the 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 soundtrack didn't really like stand out to me. I guess I was I was mostly focused on the the visuals, which were really good. But yeah, it, it, the soundtrack's pretty understated. There yeah. are no I I never found any like there was one kind of banger where if you turn the radio on towards the end of the game, there's a track that I liked, hmm. but. Yeah, it's not like I'm gonna be like finding the soundtrack on Spotify at any at, like anytime soon, yeah. but it, I think it worked. Um, so like it's for me, it was kind of that they explicitly wanted to make one of these things, and in a lot of ways, I think they succeeded. Um, I agree with you. The game looks very nice. The art design looks very good. The art, li- like the visual design of just like the what what the world is doing to your eyeballs, is very evocative, especially in the moments when. Like the game's gimmick of running the real world and the spiritual world literally side by side, um, like old school um, split screen multiplayer style on your screen. Um, when that works, it looks very nice. And and um, and yeah. So let's focus on the the gold stars or the bronze stars in my case, so we can give before we just get into it because uh... I, I don't. The spirit. I liked the art direction and the design of the spirit world. I I did I did too most mostly. Um, I some of the stuff in Tom like so the art direction I think was strong in like Thomas's the 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 dad but like especially towards the end like the actual linear design of them was just weird yeah. it was like okay well, the, we're just we're the, just the actual level design was like incredibly linear yeah and, and, and it was like at one point you have like jedi powers and you're throwing like pillars onto the ground in order to like so that, that attack one... a dog monster man six hours into the game they're just like yeah use your jedi mind trick to throw uh objects and i'm like wait what i can do that and you just you don't use it up until that point. It's like six hours into the game. You can suddenly throw objects and you're like, oh, I guess this is a thing I can do now. Which in terms of like added mechanics that get thrown in like more than halfway through the game, I think the most egregious offender is the fucking balancing on a fucking wooden plank. Oh, yeah. To get across yeah, you, two points. You... It was like, 
Like, did they design this game linearly? Did they design the beginning of this game first and the middle of this game second and the end of the game last and realize, like, okay, we're not delaying the player enough by making them slowly carve yeah. their way through this flesh with this knife, so we gotta have them ba- do balance beam horse shit for 30 seconds every time we have them go from point A to point B, like, seven times. Normally, you, like, you look at a game and it's like or a movie or something and you're like there's a good game or movie buried under all of this like excess this is like a first draft and there's a good game like somewhere out in the ether after you go over this a few times you know yeah so yeah like i there are times when um you're going through because like for the most part this the, the the gameplay of this game is you are in like a set piece and you're as the main character marianne you're walking around kind of putting together the broad environmental puzzle that you are ultimately solving it's like you're in a house and you have to figure out how to get one door open or whatever and you have to like find keys to doors to open clocks to solve like time puzzles and stuff all in the focus of getting out of this little puzzle area and then you sprint from point a to point b while plot happens and that kind of treadmill, like, there are times when I'm going through that and the inner monologue of Marianne isn't super overbearing and, like, things are starting to click where it's like, oh, I, okay, I'm kind of playing an old school Silent Hill, which those games were carried kind of by the fact that their stories were so strong and, like, th- they were ultimately capsules for the story more than, like, interesting games to be played. Um and just without that side of it, without the story to, to carry it and, and get you past like this just being. And I, I, I don't like the term walking simulator because like it, you can you could make a game that is solely designed to tell a story. I think that's fine. It's just if that's all this game was, the story is a thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I exclusively res, uh, reserve walking simulator for games that are purely walking simulator where you just you walk in a straight line and experience the plot this at least has a um, puzzle solving and uh things to find and stuff like that yeah yeah no and that's definitely true um so but uh okay good things i want it's good um i liked marianne's actress Think she did yeah, great? I'm sur- I, I think the actress was fine. Um, I like the, um, again, the design of her in the spirit world is really cool. I liked that. It was, it sort of reminded me of uh, the character designs from Other Side, where it's like the, the, oh, I can see that. The yeah. white uh, skin and hair with the, the yellow eyes. It was basically exactly that. The very muted colors. Uh huh. Um, that, that's about as. See far as the i think that i think the actors it was well casted i think i didn't like nobody stood out to me as like oh that one's bad yeah i don't um there once i got to a certain point i kind of wasn't able to care about that anymore but I, now, I like, definitely like, tuned I, out the last two hours as i think about it like yeah thomas the the dad i think for a minute, I was just kind of overwhelmed. Of like, wait, did they actually get Littlefinger for this? And then it was like, no, it's like, not Littlefinger. No, no. It looks a lot. Um, yeah, uh, he did fine. Uh, There's not too many actors. I don't know how I feel about Sadness's voice actress. I don't know if it's the same voice actress for Sadness and for the character I that shows up at think the end of the game. It is. Um, if it is, that makes some sense. 
Uh, it might explain why Sadness was a little... I mean, Sadness had to be a little disjointed just from what the fuck she was. Right. Um, sure, yeah. The, uh, I, I, so, okay. No, sorry. There's one performance I have to highlight. The Maw, the monster, the, 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 the fucking knife McDick face that you kill like seven times. Uh, by, uh, the, 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 the moth thing? Um, the demon? Yes, yeah, the the demon haranguing you the entire game, voiced by a tro- like a microphone deep in Troy Baker's fucking trachea. Um, Wait, was that Troy Baker? Yeah. Oh, well, he's yeah, in everything. Was. He is in everything, but it's like, I man, you can move. did you have him for a day? So you kicked him in the dick a bunch to make him make these noises, like move the microphone know, like, out of his mouth. I don't want to hear his throat <laughs> working. Um, I. I think it only got to it only kind of stood out a little more than normal because like occasionally I could hear just Troy Baker ash Troy Baker <laughs> yeah. like like deep in it um like in the middle of sentences um I didn't understand what they were going for with the, the ma um yeah, I don't, that was the, and then by that the, time, was the one like, thing that like stuck out that I was like this is like out of place and that's your main villain yeah and, and then by the time I got to the end of the game I was so miffed at the idea of that thing that i just didn't fucking care yeah. but yeah no it uh i don't know that so- that thing sounded dumb and um t- fucking i'm gonna wear you like a coat <clears throat> i'm gonna fucking stretch yeah, your bones because uh, that's that's like your replacement for uh pyramid head and it is no comparison at all yeah like like, i i how am i supposed to take this fucking thing seriously like and the worst part was when you're in the real world and it's like oh my god it followed me into the real world i didn't think that was possible but it's invisible yeah no that 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 first moment is like super tense um and it's one of the few times when like it doesn't actually do it but it feels like it could come at you at any point because like even Marianne's like, how the fuck is it attacking me in the real world? It's a spirit bob or whatever. Like, yeah, that was tense and cool. It kind of removes a... any like horror aspect from it though, because it's just like I don't I don't see it, but I I just see that like ghost outline, and it's like okay, yeah, there, I know that def- the monster's like, there, but I I can't see it, so it's just yeah. I, I eventually just started fucking sprinting for the exit, and if he got me, he got me. Yeah, but um, and then eventually I just solved most of the puzzles. Um, there were a couple of times where you had to, like, peel him away from the door that he wouldn't move from because video games. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, in terms of performances, I don't know what the fuck Troy Baker does outside of that. But uh, just, they, they had him for an afternoon. Yeah, it sounded weird. Um, I, I don't... I don't know. Um... Okay. So one of the... I, I had a, a, another big gripe. So, like, you know how okay. in, like, like Silent Hill games and, and in Silent Hill, it'll be like, here's this objective I need to do. Oh, I need an item that'll, like, let me progress. So I'm gonna go run around and explore until I find it. Maybe don't put the item that you need to progress, like, ten feet away from the spot you're supposed to place it. Maybe, you know, like, maybe put it in another building, let me go around and explore. But, like, so many times in the game, I was like, oh, I need the lever for this door. And then, like, I turn around, and it's sitting in a box right there. Like, oh, wow, that's convenient. Here you go. All right, time to progress the plot. 
Like, yeah. like imagine in Silent Hill too. I know you always talk about the uh, the garbage chute that you have to put the juice in. Is that correct? Yeah, the the six can. Yeah, uh, imagine V8. if that was like because it's the garbage chute's like in that hallway. Imagine it like at the end of the hallway, like ten feet away, was the six pack of juice, and it was like, oh, and, and I then, can put this, and then and then um, I can't remember the the main character's name. The main character in Silent Hill was just like oh this looks heavy enough to put down a garbage chute <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like i was like oh okay i would, get it uh, i so <clears throat> i mean there are definitely times when i'm playing silent hill 2 and like i'm, I'm kind of, i'm trying to explain like how you're supposed to come to this stuff which like it, the, the point there is that ideally they want the world of silent hill to feel dangerous right because like just navigating it itself should be a problem and um, then you trying to figure out what to do is the problem you're solving within that problem or whatever. And the medium just isn't interested with that at all, which is a, a way to, to go about it. Yeah. Um, you're, you're only ever in danger in scripted events. There's never like, you don't have any out, outside combat. There's no, um, there's no enemies outside of the scripted events where the, the moth demon is chasing you. Which there are jump scares of things that could be hurting you. Yeah, there are jump scares, but you very quickly learn that there's nothing you can do. So either it's going to kill you, or um, there's a there's a runaway scripted event. So why be scared? Yeah, no, exactly. Like and, and like you know me, I'm a big horror baby. I have a big problem with horror, but just straight up, but there's nothing I can fucking do about it. Like like I, I sure I'm in danger, but it's like I yeah I um. There's a level, like, that you need to give your players to, like, fight back. And I know um, every time I died, it, the game would remind me that I could use, like, the Spirit Blast to defend myself. And I was like, I never get energy. Like, it's not a resource management thing. I just don't have that. You never give it to me. And when I... Yeah, when you, you only give, give us energy... Me, you only give me enough to use it once to get through the door that I need to, and then it's gone. So it's like, I, I never have this... It's like, yeah, imagine... The, the energy wells are literally keys to doors. Yeah, like, it, it, imagine Silent Hill gave you, like, five bullets for your gun, but you had to shoot out five locks from each door. So it was like, okay, well, I, I, I can't fight back. And then alternatively, the other side of the spectrum is, like, Gears of War. Like, if you were in Gears of War as a dude, like, the, um, the Locust would be terrifying. But because you're Marcus Phoenix, there's there's literally no horror in it. Yeah, you're a 900 pound fucking linebacker with a chainsaw exactly. gun. I think I can take him. Exactly. So um. there's a there's a there's a there's a lower part of that uh, gradient spectrum that you need to like assert yourself in, where it's like you can kind of fight back, but like demons are really scary, and then that that raises the tension. Yeah. So one gripe I had before I just got mad was. And I didn't know if it was a gripe at first until I kind of got... Like, there was an example that I actually... My eyeballs were physically upon it, but it just didn't register until someone pointed it out later. Um, this game has references... Like, so Silent Hill has references to the things that inspired it. Like, the street signs are named after a lot of the authors um, of, of horror fiction that inspired Silent Hill. Um, and... Um, <clears throat> Like, the art design of a lot of the enemies comes out of, like, Jacob's Ladder, and, and the plots of the games are often inspired pretty directly from, like, Silent Hill 2 and Jacob's Ladder are very closely tied, and, and Crime and Punishment as well. Um, but, like, 
that's like you were inspired by something and then you wrote a story that implements those themes. Some of the references in this game are literally you take a screenshot of Silent Hill 2 and like use the um, the lasso feature on like Photoshop mm-hmm. and just like grab a particular part of like a thing and then just literally copy and paste it uh. into like like onto a table somewhere. Um, so like, um, there is a uh, there's a shot when you are like inside like looking inside of the car in the uh, the parking lot uh-huh. outside of the the work camp, which is like. Down to like when you're looking for like at the inside of the car, I can like send you a a side by side. Um, obviously, we can't show it on a podcast, but like it's just the angle that you're looking at it in and the color scheme of the car. It is meant to be very, very evocative mm-hmm. of Silent Hill Two. I, I I did notice that um, when I looked into the window, I was like, I know this scene from Silent Hill Two. Yeah, it's like the established like the first thing you do in the game. It's the first thing the game forces you to do is get the map out of the car. Um, there's a scene where, um, Marianne is, uh, distracted by a creepy kid and there's a flashlight on the other side of a bunch of, uh, like, like a bunch of bars inside of a hallway. Um, oh yeah. I, is... I did notice that one. It was shot for shot basically where, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then all of the fucking, what are the flesh doors meant to fucking symbolize? Oh God. I don't know. Cause like, I, uh, like every time. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Cause man, there was, well, that was during the, like, um, there was the doctor and the nurse and then the, the, the nurse had like an obsession over the doctor and then the doctor, um, something happened to him he slowly lose started losing his mind or something yeah so what happens there um is the nurse had a crush on the doctor and then the ma took over the nurse's brain and convinced her to poison the doctor with a bajillion milligrams of of a depressant and then that's why the doctor ended up getting his brain all broken um the the ma at some point says like, yeah, I've fucked with that nurse lady because it was funny as hell. Um, but it was it was Troy Baker microphone inside of his esophagus <laughs> right, situation. Okay. So, so um, anyway. Okay, well, you, you get the razor out of a bathtub full of blood, which is like, okay. Of course you do. And then immediately there's a fucking like, ooh, spooky boo, there's a yeah, jump scare yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> and, then you, and then you use the bone razor to slice open skin doors. And it's like, okay, I get it cutting um why are and we like, doing this and then the and then you just do it for the rest of the game yeah for that's like just how you get through hours. doors in the game there's there's also a line from marianne that i thought was really distasteful and it was um she, when after she cuts the first skin door she's like "Ooh, that was grossly satisfying God, or something right i forgot I about like, that wow shit. that's really off color like, God, I forgot about that. Uh, she's like, normally, oh, fuck, she literally like, says, like, I hope this doesn't awake something in me, which, oh, fuck you, bloop. Yeah, oh, normally it would be like, oh, that's kind of weird, but, like, if there wasn't any context around the skin doors, like, I could maybe, like, you know, there's there's no connotation to it. Yeah, it's this like girl likes, like, fighting or whatever. Like, to this sure. imagery of cutting, and it's like, why? Why would you oh. include that line? And, like, we'll get into it, but this entire game's fucking thesis is trauma begets trauma, and the only way to stop the cycle is to 
stop the cycle and wow yeah i didn't put that one together holy fuck i never okay you know what i didn't actually think of it that way i was i went through the entire thing thinking it was gonna be uh a thesis about schizophrenia Mm -hmm. and when i got to the end i was like oh that never really came up but now that you say that i don't know why i didn't think that but yeah that's well yeah we we will get into the i i was I was screaming, man! At the I, end. Like th- this is the first game I have ever regretted streaming. Damn. I, I should not have done it because I was I was just viewing the demon as a demon. I was yeah. I was taking it at face value, and I was like looking for different connotations and stuff and connections. And I was like, no, I don't think this is like a like a thesis on schizophrenia or mental illness. I'm just like, it's mostly about trauma and this demon like making demon packs with people. I'm like, that's fine, but I never really thought about that. That's bad. Yeah, okay. I, I, I'm, I'm not a fan. So back back to the, the shit posty things that I have, problems I have with this game okay. before we get into that. Because once we get into that, we're not going it, back. It, we'll just so go like, off the rails, yeah. Um. So, yeah, the flesh doors as a mechanic are straight up ripped out of Silent Hill Homecoming. Um, that is very much a thing where Alex in that game, the main character, will have to use this combat knife to like cut through a bunch of flesh doors i don't remember the symbolism of that i think it might have been the the plot of that game is that four families um wanted to escape silent hill so they had to give up a or like sacrifice a firstborn child Mm -hmm. um through a bunch of different means one of them might have had to do with cutting i don't remember um so like uh, the the all of the enemies in that game like are symbolized around the four ways that these children were killed by their families. Mm. Um, so it might have been that. But anyway, in that game, every time you do it, Alex sticks the knife in, and then like two seconds later, he just fucking rips it down, and it's over. And then in this game, you're just fucking slowly, as if you're like trying not to like bruise the rinds or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Just very slowly bobbing and very, weaving your like, knife through the like the pre-cut. S- slab on the flesh like it's like so... with the, the balancing and walking over the beam it's it's a stall tactic like the game the game's barely six hours as it is and it's it's just drawing I, the I, game out i genuinely out of spite want to download my and like download my playthrough open it up in like premiere and just count how many frames i spend <laughs> cutting on skin doors. On, on, on on the skin doors and on the balance beams and on like one of the two characters you play as fucking flexing while their mind powers happen um because like there's a bunch of those mechanics where like you gotta like put your uh the right stick in a certain you gotta point it in a certain mm-hmm. direction so that she can remember something that happened or um like when you when you get the force powers later in the game and you have to like focus real hard on moving the boxes out of the way or whatever there's just a lot of holding the stick in one particular spot for like five seconds and if you combine all of that i wonder how much less of my life i could have fucking wasted right um let's see um and then finally just the so all of those were like you know i think those references are dumb they're not like hurtful they're, well, the, none the of them none of these are hurtful. Cute. the car's like a good nod yeah it's not egregious I, it's just like oh yeah this is like that shot from silent hill too yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, 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 part of some of those things I enjoyed, and like, I, I enjoy the idea of there being a reference to the wall, to the flesh walls, them being a mechanic you spend half an hour of your fucking life on. Yeah. Not a fan. <laughs> yeah, of. exactly. Um, but then, uh, 
So you've heard Mary's letter in Silent Hill 2. Like the actual letter that is written. I um, think it, so. I've watched your stream enough. Every, every single time you stream Silent Hill 2, it's always, I always get like a different section of the game because like something inevitably yeah. comes up and I have to step <laughs> away for 10 minutes and I come back and I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the Mary's letter in Silent Hill 2, um, it, it's the thing and most of the endings, it's like the very last thing you hear. Because um, like the entire game is around this idea that James got a letter from his wife and um and his wife is dead so we had to go to silent hill because the letter says she's in their special place um but the there is a real like an actual letter that mary actually wrote before she dies in that story and in most of the endings after the story plays out you hear the actress giving a recitation of the actual letter and it is like so when we did the half blind with chris and, and Kay, um like there were moments in that game where like it hits hard like the the hallway where james is like you hear james and mary um after james realizes what he did to mary mm-hmm. um where it's it's a it's a conversation between mary and james like maybe two weeks before mary dies and you you can see just how like rot and and difficult their relationship was before james does what he does and you actually see who mary was for real um or like not who Mary not who Mary was, but like like what had what it had been like because like it to when James says Mary died three years ago in a way that was true because the Mary who was healthy the Mary whose picture is in his wallet um, all of that stuff all of that ended three years ago so mm-hmm. you see what it was like in in those three intervening years and then like in that monologue I literally can't listen to it I, every time I stream it I take my earbuds out and just. I know how long that monologue takes, so I literally time it. Um, and, like, I saw, like, Kay wasn't into it. Chris was not happy when that was happening. But the letter literally caused tears to fucking flow. Mm-hmm. Like, it was... So, for me to clarify, and this is spoiler alerts for Silent Hill 2, because, I mean, it came out a while ago. It's I, I think, I think <laughs> most people know about it. So, it's... Uh, Mary got sick, and then uh he killed her right yeah so briefly mary um mary got sick uh three years before the events of the game um and uh around that time was when they were on their honeymoon to silent hill and then she spent um three years uh getting worse and worse and worse medically um at one point they let her go home so she can basically die in her house um die in peace and then in that intervening time, basically while Mary's waiting to die, James kills her. Okay. Um, is it is it is it framed as like a mercy killing, or is it like James losing his mind and he just wants it to be over with kind of thing? So that that's why I like the game story so much because in one of the endings, um, James and Mary get to like have a conversation after the fact, and James like Mary says, "Oh, you were suffering so much. I was suffering so much. I wanted to die. I told you that. It's okay." You don't need to suffer anymore over this. And James tries to kind of take the the, the cop out of like, yeah, I, I that's all I wanted. I wanted you to stop suffering. And then he catches himself and goes like, well, that's not exactly true. I also wanted my life back. I, I wanted this to all be over. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's all of it. So it, it's, 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 a, it's a game it's about... It's terms with that. It's a game about the the trauma and the experience of watching someone you love dying slowly 
and 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 it's full encapsulation. It's everything about it. It's mm-hmm. not from one perspective or the other. It's it's the entire thing, and that is why it is such for me such a powerful reflection and a powerful story because it covers all of these things. Like in some of the endings. James doesn't come to that conclusion. He decides it doesn't matter what I did or didn't do because I have Maria now. I have this fake idea of what my life was, and and I can just live with that forever. And then the second you do that, Mary or Maria, as you go to leave the town in that ending, she immediately starts showing symptoms of Mary's disease, mm. um, which just shows like, okay, that wasn't the that was not the point, James. Yeah. You fuckhead. Didn't figure it out. Um, and then when you beat the game the first time, and then go back into the game, there are um pamphlets that only show up in new game plus that kind of guide you and say like okay if you want to get a better ending these are the things or like it doesn't say that you if you want to get a better ending but it's like if you want to experience silent hill because like it's a pamphlet for the tourist town but it only shows up in new game plus it's like if you want to like experience silent hill in, in it in its full way you should probably like aim to see the truth and um and like treat people the way that they should have been treated in the first place blah 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 like it, it kind of subtly ties into like hey you should probably stop considering this obvious succubus your wife and <laughs> like like and you should like take care of yourself because like you can get the ending where you drive your car into Toluca Lake if your health is low a lot and if you're not taking care of James's health because he doesn't care um so there it's never been explicitly said outside of downpour because downpour is bad. Um, this the last Silent Hill game, but like you can read the story as James goes through this more than once. Um, and you see like a bunch of corpses of James with notes for things that only James would have seen and like kind of guiding him to go a certain way. Like there are times when the game doesn't tell you where to go. So you need to run around the town and just figure out what can I even interact with. And a bunch of the dead ends in Silent Hill end with a corpse wearing James's clothes with a bunch of notes on the ground, giving subtle hits on how to progress in the story and kind of what killed this this guy so you can avoid it. Um, and like one one thing that I've seen about the medium is that people have said, well, oh, you're not allowed to have triggering things in a horror game? Of course you are. Like, of course you're allowed to you get wanna, fucking you real. You do it right, like... From what you've said, like Silent Little Two story is is a very very deep and dark topic, and it's not definitely not one that I think should be off limits. But it's it seems like it's done right at least. Yeah. So the like James's story, like James is not. Like, you might be able to say that James is like mentally ill by the like by the time he's done with the experience with like after his wife got sick, but like before that, there's no indication that he's anything but like neurotypical you might say like right. he's just a dude but there is a character angela um who is very obviously dealing has been dealing with very similar things like things that traumatized her from a very young age and led to her having a lot of trauma um <clears throat> by the time the story of silent hill 2 like effectively begins and it's never presented oh, as it's never presented as Angela fucking, like, deserved the... I mean, she is sexually assaulted by his, her family, which is a thing that happens to Lillian in the plot of the medium. 
Um, it's never implied that this awoken something evil inside of her because she does kill her family, but it's not like, oh, this awoken this deep, horrible thing inside of her and it killed her family and was a burden upon everyone around her. And it's never presented as like Angela's story in Silent Hill 2 ends implying that she does end her own life. But because she's on the same journey as James is, it's never a story without hope. It's never telling, like, stating people that have trauma cannot improve, mm-hmm. cannot become healthy. Because the way, at least, that I read the story and, and the ties that are in there, James's story can end very badly. He can also reconcile and end the story in a much better place and adopt the girl that Mary wanted to adopt and continue his life in the way that it's implied Mary wanted him to do. Um, and because Angela's on the same track, we never see necessarily Angela, like her story in another way, but it's never presented as hopeless. It's never presented as a foregone conclusion that this person is beyond hope and, and that this person is, is like inherently a burden and that her trauma will just be felt by everyone around her. And like the medium does none of that. Yeah. (laughs) The, The medium makes no effort to do any of that. It, to, to even like it, you don't got to do it the same way they did it but just like okay so that's why Silent Hill 2 is good do we want to talk about anything else about the medium before we get into this um shit? i think it man it really criminally underused like unique mechanics like like you would do mm-hmm. you would do like one introductory puzzle to like introduce a mechanic and i'd be like oh i wonder how they're gonna use this later on and like when i got the little like the energy thing and her arm like lit up it was like oh i'm gonna have to like do resource management nope the whole game just (laughs) gives you everything you need in the room that you're doing it in you don't have to search um hours go by before you use a mechanic again i forgot which buttons did what because i hadn't used them in forever like yeah I, I, I straight up there were two cases where i straight up forgot out of body experiences were a fucking same. thing and they were the answer yeah same uh you you go probably like two hours without using the out of body experience and then it's just like how do i solve this puzzle i can't get in this door oh i need to use that that mechanic that i was introduced to three hours ago and i haven't used since that was yeah. the solution. Okay. <sighs> Which I mean, at that point, like, if, if you're if you're not interested in having it be like a source of difficulty or, or a source of resource management, just after I die three times on the door in front of the bunker at the bottom of the of the water tank level, oh maybe just fucking tell me what to do. Oh my like, god, like, I, that was. I'm I'm really lucky. Strife was there and was like, uh, "Hey, you could just send your projection over there, and it'll distract the guy." That was, was like, the oh, worst final boss fight I think I've ever done in any video game ever. I think I I think that's a hard degree for me. I can't think of a final boss that's worse. Like, like I'm not saying you need to like give Marianne like a spirit laser that she fires out of her hand and like have like a cover shooter, but give me something. Like, that fight's, like, once you know the solution, that fight's over in two seconds. And then every single time you die, you have to watch the animation of you dying, the loading screen, you have to watch the, like, panning, like, oh, this is the room, oh, this is the bad guy, I wonder what you gotta do, and it takes forever. 
And, and for some reason, it makes you do an input to load the game back up. Where it's like, just boot the yeah. fucking game. Like, like, like it goes, it goes to the fade to black. It goes to the oh, it all ends in me, motherfucker. Haha, <laughs> it all ends in me because you gotta shoot your sister in the head. Because it all ends with me because it's my trauma. Ha 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 ha. Um. But it does all that, and then she eats the, the the beast eats you or whatever the fuck happens mm-hmm. in the game over screen, and then it loads up with the butterfly or whatever, and then it's like just a play button. It's like, hey, you want to play the game? A lot of games do that nowadays, and it's weird. I, I there may be an accessibility thing that I am not privy to, Maybe. and if there is, I I'm I'm happy to learn of it, but just I. I, I was just sitting there. I was like, "Wait, what's taking so fucking long? This is on my SSD. <laughs> oh, Why isn't it going?" Start. And then it's like, "Oh, I got fuck." Yeah. Okay. Um. I so I went back and forth in this because like I wanted the final water, and there, there's got to be some kind of way for the final water um tower puzzle or whatever it is in the bunker before the super fallout bunker. There's got to be some kind of way for the monster to be chasing you. Because yeah. there's that there's the zappy floor on the ground, and I I imagine because they established remember that time lightning just hit Troy Baker in the fucking face, <laughs> and and the game was like oh my god he's weak to lightning it's like fucking yeah okay fine like, <laughs> good right, for you I guess I guess I'll use that in the future I. There is a sequel hook at the end of the game, so maybe it'll be (laughs) like, your father is Thor, and he was in the spirit uh, world or something. Why, when Marianne went into the spirit world, her spirit acted, like, mimicked her. It was a one for one. Uh But Thomas's is a different character. Yeah, so they did kind of explain that a little bit. So, remember at the end, uh, when you're in the bunker, there's salt everywhere? Uh Uh-huh. And, and, like, there's a note where someone wrote down, like, oh, my God, it's just fucking salt. The solution is just salt. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, the idea is that if you can um, separate, like, if you can have a physical distance, um, like, if the location that you're in in the real world and the location that the spirit version of you is in in the spirit world, if that distance can um, be, like, bridged with salt, it's like a tinfoil hat and you can't talk to each other anymore. Oh. Um, so at some point, like when Thomas's spirit self or whatever finds you in the bunker, he's like, yeah, your dad just really wanted to be his own person. So he, he came in here and put his daughter on an IV of salt, uh, which is how the ma ended up going crazy. But that was um, after the fact. That was, that was after the house burning down. It was after the house burning down. Before yeah, that, which the two were already split. Were they? Yeah. Cuz all of those scenes with him like um like doing the stuff with Richard and You're right. You're they right. They were already yeah. split. That is a good point. That's um, a much more interesting angle. Like imagine if Marianne was like having a conversation with herself and she just thought like I'm crazy. I'm talking to myself and then slowly she realizes like, "Oh no, this is like actually like a spirit form of me and it's similar to me they have a lot of the same sort of like wants and desires and personality but they're very different yeah and like the 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 stinger at the end of the the credits is that the real world daddy is in the spiritual world so maybe there's some shenanigans that if they ever made a sequel oh is that what that is i thought yeah i thought it was the the spirit version of him uh, apparently so he grabs a real watch oh he does grab the watch yeah okay 
Yeah. So um, that's kind of the um, what I read anyway to be like the implication there. I uh, I don't know that I've ever been more or less interested in a sequel Same. than <laughs> than this. Um, although if they made it, I'd probably play. I I don't think I'd stream it again, but I would at mm. least have to fucking know see how it um, comes out. But because uh, I don't like, I don't think they wanted to make their thesis what it was or what people are like interpreting it as. I think they probably thought it was something different. And, and so they give a clever. If I had to, they guess. they give a. I mean, I think honestly that they just wanted to find a way to tug at your heartstrings for five seconds. Probably, like, they, they, yeah. They it's it, it. really struck me as one of those endings that was just like, "Fuck, I don't know how to write an ending." What do you do? Just, just make the audience feel. Make it like, mm-hmm. like have somebody hold a gun to their head, have people screaming, have a demon being like weird and saying like strange <laughs> expositional dialogue. Like that's all you need, and then and then gunshot fade to black. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I'm not sitting here saying that, well, okay, I don't think they did it intentionally, but at a certain point when you do the same thing over and over and over again, it kind of doesn't matter what Wait, your intent done was, this what matters. So the Blair Witch game that they made last year, remember, or 2019, uh-huh. remember that? Um, that game has a very similar theme of the main character is mentally ill in both endings lead to his family like in one ending i think he just dies and in the other ending his entire family disowns him oh and like it's just they they have been exploitative in the past mm. to try to like it, yeah I don't, I, I don't know I, how layers of fear end yeah i, I don't, i'm not familiar with with the layers of fear games um enough but yeah no it's just it it, it there, it's not like this was without a warning, you know, um, which is part of why, like I said, I, I, I shouldn't have streamed it and I regret streaming it, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it was definitely something of like, hey, they're making a sound health thing. That could be cool. But, um, they are, these, these folks are prone to fucking this up. Yeah. So, and then when you hear in the reviews that like. People go like, yep, this game uh, directly involves the Holocaust and uh, the sexual assault of a child. It's like, oh, uh, boy, yeah. I bet they did that wrong. It, uh, it's completely unnecessary. Like, I, I, I don't think those are topics that you can't talk about, obviously. Like, of course, like we, we yeah. No, you, can de- you can make um, plenty of fi- like, like actual impactful fiction it's never, on those things. It's done so weird um and it, it, like, it's never explicit either you just know richard did something bad i also uh, when i was going through that you you get an achievement called child eater and i was like did he did he eat her so ch- yeah child eater is the name of richard's uh pyramid head um because you meet the the 300 foot or like the 30 oh, foot tall okay. fat dude that that eats flesh or whatever yeah the idea being that Richard's trauma of having a, a Jewish girl that that he liked get, getting murked by Nazis because their dad was abusive and the mom had to call in Nazis to prevent them from being murdered by his father um, or his stepfather, whatever it was. Um, that awakened something inside of him and that thing was an actual demon that actually told him to See, prey upon young girls. All they had um, to do was instead of saying it awakened something, they should have just gone the route of demons enjoy preying on individuals yes. with 
trauma. See, this is why this yes. is a fantastic. It's, it's not that hard. This it's, is a it's so not that hard. First draft, Man. right? This is a first draft, and then you have a beta reader come in and be like, "Hey, you're saying this is awakened something in them. That's saying like this is festering already within them, and people are going to connect this to like you know mental illness and trauma and different you know um, schizophrenic tendencies." Maybe say it, like, blame the demons. You know, it's a, like, this is what they do in Warhammer, uh, in Warhammer, like, demons, like, invading people. They they find people at their weakest, and then they make packs with them, and then they, they possess them, and then become these, you know, inner demons. Um, just have this demon, these demons who do that, and then, like, you know, Richard is at his lowest point. He maybe either before or after like you know he did the terrible thing that he did uh, you know this this demon he 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 makes a pact with this demon like i want to take this back oh my god i can't believe i did this etc and then maybe or maybe you know back in um, the way back when and then he just sort of carried that with him but like the demon is doing it not it's the the demon was awoken within him because of this like yeah. It is a demonic like, like, pact, and then you make your main character the medium who's going around uh, banishing these demons, and then the the spirit that pops out is the person, and then the person, you know, is uh, remorseful of what they did, and then she forgives them and sends them. That's a that's a that's a working draft, right? Like that, but but that doesn't make you want to punch that guy in the dick for it in the face maybe we go with the face in this case yeah um but like, it, it doesn't i don't know like i i i do think that would have been i mean that wouldn't have gotten me to fucking scream at the credits yeah um, exactly that, yeah at the end um when that's going on you know your beta reader comes in and says like hey um maybe we don't want to glorify a suicide um yeah yeah maybe uh like I, I i get the whole idea of like you know noble sacrifice like the hero's story sometimes ends with a noble sacrifice like that's fine in like an adventure novel but maybe in this like serious character study and uh with themes like very heady themes and dark themes that we're dealing with here maybe don't glorify suicide and self-sacrifice um, yeah, and especially when the entire crux of this is that lily's trauma has already um like literally d- taken over the life of her father. Her trauma is already spread just because yeah. it's trauma. Don't build on that another fucking yeah, layer could, right at the last second. You could second. have the demons be like a metaphor for trauma, and then like the demon like reproduces at a very quick rate and is attracted to trauma. And you could be like, okay, yeah, it's like kind of symbolic of that, but like it's still the demon's fault, right? Like this is the yeah. you know the working theory that we're going with here. And then like, okay, you want you want to have that shocking scene where your main character holds a gun to their heads. Like, okay, have that be a stall tactic. Don't actually fade the black gunshot because my god, don't do that. I don't know if you did you watch the the, the YouTube video I sent you. Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> the red letter media guys <laughs> just going like, what the fuck did you re- um. That was from uh, Order eighteen eighty six, which that, ah. that's a game and a half. Um, but oh, yeah, man. don't that, don't. that thing looked real cool. Um, I actually really liked that game, and then it, it ended horribly. But uh, it was supposed to get a sequel, and it never did. I, I loved the world of that game, but mm-hmm. I like the mustaches. Yeah, the character designs were really cool. 
Anyways, um, yeah, don't um, don't gunshot fade to black or fade to black gunshot, and then have the audacity after your credits to have a oh, please rate our, the game on Steam. So so really quickly, let me go back to Mary's letter and then oh right, you were so like Mary's letter to is like. It, 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 it is a such a singularly fucking in 2001 which is still like a, the nascent like video games telling stories it's so fucking early for them to be able to pull this shit off and like mary's letter is so beautiful and heartfelt and powerful and it fits with almost all the endings that you get um and then so you're going through a the hotel ledger in in um in the medium and um if you look real close you can see that like two sentences of mary's letter are drawn on the ledger um it's uh like it's very clearly shown to be um like a bit from from that letter and then scribbled over it is the word swag Mm. underlined oh and it's like I, I. Why? Okay, sure, whatever. You're like simultaneously what? making a love letter to Silent Hill, but also, like dabbing on top of it. Like what? And there's also a vote for Pedro note on the same page Ugh. of the ledger, which this game takes place Ugh. before that movie even came out. Uh. Um, Gross. I don't know. Like, like I said, like that stuff. I mean, it. Most of the callbacks, I, I was actually fine with. I think just straight at making a love letter to those things. I, I would have had fun with it. Yeah. And if this game, if this game story wasn't outwardly hurtful to me and people I know personally, which that that shouldn't even be enough. Like games can be hurtful without them being hurtful to like you personally, and it still is a fucking yeah. problem. But like in that moment, it was like this is blatantly offensive to me and. Like I, there are like, and I'm I'm really lucky I did this because like, there is a a trigger warning at the beginning of the game where they say like, hey, there are things in this game that are crazy, which is not how to use that. Like, if you're gonna do that, fucking tell us yeah, what the problem parts well, are. That's the entire they, point they of a quote unquote trigger, trigger warning. warning. And then they give the stereotypical like the 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 Ubisoft games always have, or like this game was made by a multicultural diverse cast of uh, humans that come yeah. from all different kinds of sexualities and backgrounds. Also, there's some dark shit in this game. I'm like, that's not how you do a trigger warning. No, like, like if you if you really do, and like I I I do wish games would get say like, hey, here games and media would say, like, hey, these are the things that are touched on. If these things bother you, maybe check out. I wish they would do that. I I would never begrudge a company that that doesn't do that. Um, like that that's your artist or that's your vision for the game, and that's fine. But like fucking doing one but not applying it correctly like what the fuck yeah man um uh, i think by I now this, I, I, this isn't the first game like if this was their first game i'd be like okay we're gonna we're gonna forgive you on a couple things but sure they yeah. this is five or six or something yeah i i, I and, and the thing was so um 
you, you beat the game, you get the the gunshot fade to black, which we'll, we'll talk about what sets it up in, in a few, I'm sure. But you get that, and then it, it drops the line of like, oh, it all ends with a dead girl because someone's got to die. Um, and then it goes like, hey, we made this game. It took us nine years to make it. We all believed in it real good. And, and oh, it was a labor of loves and stuff, and we'd all just love it so much if you could review it for us on the Xbox store. It's like, I... I'll fucking do it. Sure. Yeah, I'll go. I fucking why not? Drive the, it's I, I last I checked it was um cuz I went to the I went to the 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 discussions page after I beat it and pretty much it was like unanimous like everyone was like I don't understand why people hate this game. This game's great. And I'm like even ignoring the themes like the game is objectively like mechanically bad. Yeah, like I I if so say the story was bland nonsense and ended on nothing i would have had a good enough time with it just as like a there's a part of me a broken part of me that likes investigating the town in silent hill checking all the fucking doors knowing 90 percent of them are locked there there's something about that style of game that does click with me and i would have had a fun enough time and i would probably be here like yeah i would have given it like a 7 out of 10 it's fun enough why is everyone being so weird um, it has a very it has an eighty six percent on Steam right now, which is pretty good. Yeah, it is, um, and, and that's uh, that's fun. <laughs> um, cool but game. Uh, nice to see RTX features. The ending is pretty terrible, and the game itself is way too short for sixty bucks. Is it sixty bucks? Uh, I wouldn't know because I got it on Game Pass, but that sounds right. Uh, it could be seventy. It's not. It's it's an next gen game. No, it's fifty. And it's on sale for ten. I, I I got it while it was on sale for ten percent off. Okay. So it's f- forty five bucks. What is it on the Xbox One or the Xbox Series X? Uh, maybe it is sixty bucks there. I don't know. Although I guess if you're reading Steam reviews, then <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. I, um, I I stand by it. This is a very good first draft, and I think there's a there's a good version of this game somewhere in the ether. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I agree with that. I, I think, think this needs... game has has okay bones. I think the bones of this game. Yeah, are the bones of this game are good. It needs a thesis change and a theme change, and then it needs it needed to expand the gameplay to not just be here's a puzzle. The solution of the puzzle is right over there. And like I, I know, like we we've been seeing for so long, we've been seeing these little ma- micro ways to kind of make games longer like i literally can't think of any reason why you would do balance beams and so many goddamn flesh doors if it weren't just to pad the game a little bit at a time i like like, the the run slightly faster animation mm -hmm. like why why not just have you just move at full speed the entire time without having to hold down the left trigger yeah, which fucking Silent Hill two you you could toggle that you could toggle that without have a fucking it be problem. Two thousand one. There's no reason that Marianne needs to like slow jog everywhere. Like you're just yeah, you're padding it, the game like, out at this point. I why is she bunny hopping? Let's fucking go. Yeah. Um, especially when it's like when she's got the fucking spirit shield up and she's protecting herself from the mobs. It's like no move. Yeah. Move your ass! You're going to get owned. Um, I so, but like, I mean, we hear all the time, like, like, like that review said, like, there are a lot of folks that, and like, I don't necessarily like begrudge them for this. Of like, 
if if you spend sixty dollars on a game and it's over in like three hours or like six hours, that that can be kind of a bummer. I get that. Um, like I personally don't prescribe to that. Honestly, this game would be better if it were like three hours shorter. Um, yeah. Like liberally, if you're not going to improve on some stuff, liberally start cutting shit out of this yeah, game. Yeah. If it because, was if it was three hours shorter, then you could sell it for for you know twenty or thirty bucks. Um, as it is. 40 45 bucks for a six to ten hour game not bad um, yeah and like i personally don't even i don't prescribe to that value proposition no, at yeah, all no, like no, i will no. i will pay a 60 dollar game for a fucking ball or two or 60 bucks for a fucking ball or two hour game like i i personally don't draw that fucking and i will yeah. i will hedge this with i'm a person who really likes streaming games in one sitting so Short games have particular value to me, but I don't know. I want to have a good fucking time. I, I don't yeah, I, it, need to be babysat for hours always, and hours. There's always personally. people that are going to be more careful with their money than others, so I can I can understand that. Um, yeah, I, I like, like if also much rather have a well made, concise two to five hour game than like a bloated ten to a thousand hour game. Yeah. I, I just think both are kind of allowed to exist because, yeah, exactly. like, if you want to do the value proposition for realsies, like, yeah, sure, Skyrim, you can play it for a bajillion hours. Uh, maybe they should sell it for three hundred dollars. Like, I don't know. Um, that would be dumb. That would but be very it, dumb. It, yeah. it, if 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 that's where we're going with this, if you want to do like dollars per hour of gameplay or whatever, oh God, please no. Um, <sighs> I don't know. I so I do want to go over the specifics of the ending, um, mm. and, and kind of dig into exactly like, like as much as I can put into context why I found it so hurtful personally. Any any other points we want to touch on on this game before we get there? Um, um, I'm trying to think if I have any. Um, I like the design of the dog face enemy. I thought that looked cool. Yeah. Like I said, all of the art direction in this game is very phenomenal. Um, it's a well-made game. Uh, yeah, I, I... So, it sounds like neither of us had big performance issues. The, like, I know... It was... Like, obviously, it's running two versions of the game. It's basically... It's essentially doing split-screen. Um, so, it's... it Like, when those sections happen, my frame rate would max out at 30. This is gonna mm. happen. You're running two instances of the game. The game looks very pretty. Um, it's gonna happen. Um, I think the the facial animations and performances could have used another pass. Yeah, I, yeah, uh, I, I I agree with the, that. Uh, the lip sync <clears throat> sure. was accurate, but not expressive. I feel like that could have been. Uh, yeah, the the faces did look a little. They looked a little stiff. <laughs> like like what like I don't know uh, if you want to call it uh what's the thing where faces look close enough to human but not really uncanny and it freaks valley. us out yeah like uh, if you want to call it uncanny valley or like T pose of the face or whatever yeah 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 um, um but just like like this game does have a lot of that in spades all of the um, the monster and character designs were good except for Troy Baker's demon he's he's just Mothman yeah that Which, thing was funny. What? They kept bringing they keep they kept bringing up butterflies, but there was more moths. So, so what was uh, the symbolism? Like they kept confusing butterflies and moths. So, um, all right. So another so the end of Silent Hill one and Silent Hill three technically, 
is you enter a um, lost girl's room, like, like the room of a girl who has gone through great horrible things, and you find out she's super into bugs. Um, okay. Which I, I'm I'm tempted to believe one that the butterfly and moth thing is just like, hey, this is Alessa from Silent Hill One. Um, because like the last room where you're like going through all of her stuff and learning about the books that she likes and seeing that she likes collecting bugs and the, the clothes that she wore. It's just straight up the ending of Silent Hill 1. Um, and two, like, the butterfly and moths, life and death is a weird duality thing that uh, does come up a lot. Okay. It's, and, it's one of those, like, stereotypical tropes that you find in, like, every indie horror game that's trying to be yeah. Silent Hill. Kinda, yeah. Okay. I, I'm it, assuming that's what it was. I, 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 I definitely... It's weird. They definitely come up a lot. It is weird because, like, the, the moth is on, I think, the cover art, it's on the title screen, it's on the loading screen when you're booting yeah. the game up, it is the it is the symbol the game flashes when it's like, hey, the game's loading, don't turn off your console yeah, yeah, when you see the moth or whatever. It, it, it's there's very a, prominent, and yeah, I don't know that I ever put that together I, I, exactly what the fuck that was that about. Use, I think, like, Silence of the Lamb uses moths, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. No, no, no. Silence of the Lamb is is um is butter is a butterfly, because um the killer is uses that symbology. I think if I I it's been a while since I watched the movie. Um, so that's just a trope that keeps coming back. Yeah, I'm assuming that's what. In general, I'm just assuming it was ah, throw it in there. Yeah, kind of probably. Thing. It like, kind of feels I, I, like I don't that because it didn't really connect to anything other than like, oh, the main character really likes butterflies. Moths and butterflies are basically the same thing. They look the same from far away. Yeah. Which, which from super far away, this game looks like Silent Hill. Um, yeah, <laughs> from, from it, like... it does look like Silent Hill in some scenes where it's, it's literally a shot by shot comparison. <laughs> remember that time james got like a over the chair view of the map at the, remember in the car? when he looked through the bars that were just in the middle of a random hallway and it was really weird because there was jail cell bars what if that we also had that here and then our character looked through it like he did uh, um at least she never does she look in a mirror and and go like oh i'm thinking about myself real I good i think i don't remember um, Maybe in, like, the beginning. No, I don't think so. That would be a little egregious if it started with her looking into a mirror. Yeah. And, and so, um, <clears throat> Akira Yamaoka, who did the part of the soundtrack, not the whole soundtrack, um, There, there's one track in the, the final area of the game before you get outside into, like, the dream space forest or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um so, uh, it, if you find a radio and turn it on, it, it plays um, a track that I, I'm not 100% sure about this, but I'm pretty sure that it's a collaboration between Akira Yamaoka and Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, um, who she did the vocals on a lot of the tracks in Silent Hill, mm-hmm. starting at Silent Hill 3. Um, and, like, Mary Elizabeth McGlynn has a very complicated interesting relationship with the fandom of silent hill she kind of got done dirty by a lot of people who mm-hmm. just want like claim to just be a fan of a video game so like the idea of them getting to work together again was like oh fucking rad like a and mary elizabeth mcglynn making a new thing and the songs i like the song the song was good mm-hmm. 
if the last time they get to collaborate is on the fucking media, yeah, that's a shame. It's gonna be a fucking bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I literally, if they announce the Silent Hill game is coming out next year and no one on the original series was on it, I literally want to give a shit. I was like, I okay, this doesn't matter. This isn't yeah, it, fucking it, it's, whatever. It's the franchise. It's the IP. That's it. Yeah. So like, I I don't I don't know in what other context that could happen again, but um just that that track plays as you are walking through the forest to get to the ending and i i was like stealing myself walking down like walking down that forest to the to the shore of the lake because i knew some bad was about yeah to i was i was the same way although when it happened i didn't think about it initially i was just like I, I had kind of, like, tricked myself into thinking that my thing with the demons was what was actually happening, but that wasn't mm-hmm. actually what was happening. I didn't really gather that it was, like, them manifesting from trauma. I just thought it was yeah. them preying on trauma, which, which is yeah, what it like, should have been. It, 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 like, like, that... I know that, like, if you haven't played the game and seen the way that they very explicitly link that this has come, like... The, the demons are coming from the victims and are inherently a part of the victim like i it's it can sound like a distinction without a difference but it's so important yeah to put this context correctly at least in my opinion like like god what the fuck um so all right is it ending time anything anything else um <laughs> I, I when i while i was playing it i i felt like i had so much Oh, yeah, how many... There's just so many mechanics that just, like, never get used. How many times do you use the combine feature? Oh, God. Once? Yeah, if that, had come up, if that had come up in the last section of the game, I would have fucking completely forgotten yeah, about it. Yeah, like, because... I feel like that was added just because in games like this, you have a combine feature where you, like, combine mm-hmm. items to create a new item that is used to solve a puzzle. I think you use it once... I know you use it at least once since the game tutorializes it. You use it to combine the tie and the tie clip. Yeah. Um, for for Johnny Deadman, but I or Jack Deadman, I guess. But I don't remember it coming up ever again. Did that? Did that storyline go anywhere with her stepdad? Um, I, it was meant to kind of. So basically. Like, Marianne, after the events of the fire and stuff, she gets adopted, or, or she goes into a coma, and then Thomas is like, alright, my daughters are not gonna go hang out with each other because the demon's too powerful or whatever. And that was how Jack found her, but otherwise, no. Oh, oh you mean, like, it did when she, like, sent her father, did she send him to a bad yeah, place? Yeah, because there was, like, you find his tie and his tie clip, like, later on when the, the monster's, like, chasing you. That's why yeah. I thought the monster was Jack. I think it's... So at that point, I, I was kind of thinking the same thing. I also kind of thought Sadness was Marianne and not Lily. Same. I wasn't I, sure there was what the so fuck many, was happening. There were so many twists and turns. I was like, okay, Sadness is Marianne. Um, the monster is either Jack or Thomas. And then it was yeah, like, I, no, I the don't... monster's just a demon. It's like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, So, so I don't have like a line to point to for proof. Um, but it seems like it's settled, or, or, like, people are settling around, uh, that was just the Ma fucking with her, but, oh, okay. but also, I mean, we know that the Ma can take over people, 
because that's what he had mm-hmm. been doing. So who knows? Um, but not, explicitly, no, I don't. I don't think that comes up again. Okay. Um, yeah, this is like I, I forgot about. Yeah, that was that was the kind of cool thing for a second, and then and then that entire area became like I gotta I, set this dude I, on I honestly lightning. Went through like half the game thinking the monster was Thomas. Because I'm pretty sure she calls it, she asks if it's Thomas at one point. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, she came to that conclusion, that must be it. And then she, like, I think she refer constantly refers to him as that. Uh, like, and then you start learning about Thomas's backstory, it's like, oh, okay, this is, these flashbacks to Thomas is how he's gonna become the monster, right? No, it's just, a, it's just a monster. It's just, it's just a demon. Pyramid Pyramid Head is just a dude who lives in Silent Hill. He doesn't have any connection <laughs> to uh, James at all. He's just a monster. He, that that's just him. You you've hit on why Silent Hill Homecoming is really bad. Oh really? Because there's a point in that game where the main character is just like he's in his old house, I think, and he's trying to figure out like where. What's going on with my family? Why did my family disappear? Who are these cult people? And then Pyramid Ass Pyramid Head just shows up. What? And he's like, hey, I'm Pyramid Head. <laughs> and it's... Yeah, it's like Masahiro Ito, the, the, the character designer of, of Pyramid Head, has said, like, look, the Punisher probably... Like, because in, in Silent Hill Homecoming, he's called the Punisher. He's not... Or something like that. He's not called Pyramid Head. Mm-hmm. Um... Like that, that may have existed in some form, one way or another, in in Silent Hill, because like the weapon that he wields is explicitly shown in Silent Hill One, not the great knife, but the the spear that he uses after the great knife. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, like the the actions of Pyramid Head and him being the same height as James and him being like the self punishment aspect of James, it's yeah, that's very much it's, what it was meant to it's be. Very connected to James, and when you throw him in with a random character, it's like, wait, this doesn't compute. And then in one of the endings of Homecoming, uh, Alex wakes up and he's on a chair. He's on a chair, and then he's like, "Oh no, no, this no, don't do it, no!" And then two pyramid heads take two halves of pyramid head things and stick them on Alex's head. And then Alex has a Darth Vader no moment as he becomes the new pyramid head. It's really oh. good. <laughs> okay, it's really good, and it comes out of nowhere and has nothing to do with the plot of the game. Oh, it's just a at all schlock ending. Um, well, I mean, it, it's not like because Silent Hill does have joke endings. Uh, Silent Hill has yeah. just straight up joke endings, but it's like it doesn't. It's a non sequitur. It doesn't follow up uh-huh. with like the decisions you made or whatever. It's stupid. Weird. Um, but at least that game doesn't fucking <sighs> whatever. Um. Homecoming's not that bad. Homecoming's got stuff to it, but the the, the the it's probably better than the medium. the The crux of the idea of the story of Homecoming is good, um, but uh, I don't know. Well, that's the story for another time. Mm-hmm. Um, um uh, I think I did you... there was a mm-hmm. no sorry um. No, I, 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 I mentioned it in Discord. I found Marianne's weird, sarcastic, dry quips very out of place. I I, I kind of got that like they were building towards like this is 
at least until um like the ma shows up in the in the physical world or whatever like until that point this was kind of like another wednesday for her in a lot of ways like i kind of i think that's kind of what they were going for oh maybe it didn't click for me no because like she says like oh i've set like a thousand people or whatever at the I beginning think, of the game yeah so. i think that would have been better if this wasn't so i wish she was the um was the the character in the great gatsby that's the narrator john cena I've, it's I've... john's the 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 like the nobody narrator she she's just the medium she kind of has her own character but like she's not connected to anything that's going on around her and she's the one that's going in like trying to stop everything from like going crazy and like she the mystery is her solving the craziness that's going on how all of the characters connect like why they're being possessed by these demons what trauma led them to make the pact with these demons again going with my sort of rewrite version uh-huh. of this yeah and yeah, not having her I... so intrinsic intrinsically tied to everything because then she can make those quips and just be like you, you know she can have like off-color moments where she's just like fuck i gotta god this isn't the first time i've been chased down a hallway by a crazy moth creature you know but then like when you when you get the the pliers the cutters and she's like cutting through the chain and she's like ah oh, yes um what are they called uh um bolt cutters, bolt cutters. Or... And she's like it sounds like a secret agent name cutters bolt cutters agent bolt cutters and i'm like that was pretty fucking late in the game for that shit to happen yeah you're, i was like man you're right. like oh like, at that point she knows none of these have like, landed like yeah like at that point she's thinking like oh my father has come back from the spirit world because i sent him wrong agent cutters uh, we're gonna cut she, and which and also why did you animate the fucking chains falling why did the again. fucking bolt cutters dissolve the fucking chain it it's literally stupid. comes up again like at the very end fucking of the game dumb. she's like agent That's cutters stupid. to the rescue and i'm like that is the f- like we're like 20 minutes from the end of the game and you're yeah, making like, this you ch- joke you just like, you just walked into your fucking like 25 year old sister's room where it looks like all the amenities are for an eight-year-old because she was put in there at such a young age and is super stunted and, and it's all traumatic. And she's like, I gotta find the key to this fuse box. Fucking. Yeah, there, I don't know. There's a good version of this game where, like I said, she's she's not so intrinsic to the plot. And, like, she's that sort of jaded medium who's done this a thousand times before. And she she kind of, she's, like, really dry and sarcastic and makes those little stupid quips to, as, like, a coping device. And yeah. you can kind of, like, see that. But because yeah, she's so be... intrinsic to it all, like it falls flat. <sighs> yeah, no, for sure. Like, like th- there's definitely an aspect of like if we could just get past some of this stuff, I could definitely try to dig into the other things. But like, just man, I, 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 you don't know how badly I want because like, like I know that I've been ta- we've been talking about Silent Hill a lot tonight, but like it was it oh, it was never just Silent Hill, you know. Like Siren, the the director of the original game, went like made a thing. Um, of, of sorry, the director of Silent Hill went on to make Siren, and like uh, we had Fatal Frame, which kind of picked up some of the stuff. We had Rule of Rose, which 
tried to make a Silent Hill-esque story, and I fucking hate it, but I'm not offended by it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mostly just hate it because all the characters are children and they're annoying as shit. <laughs> um, and then at the end, it turns out the dude that killed all of them, it's like, okay, well, those kids were annoying, so fucking fine. Which is horrible, but also, they were annoying I, as shit. I, I can relate. <laughs> um... Like, this style of game has fallen so far out of vogue, and I, I, part of me does understand why, but part of me just, like, there's still so much ground we can cover, and there's still so much value that we could bring in this, I, I really think that, and finally having one of these again, and having it be so, like, this literally might be my least favorite game I've ever played, ever. Like, I... I cannot think of a game where I came out of the other end of it feeling this bad. Yeah, I I can um, probably think of something that is worse, but like at the moment, at least in recent memory, this is definitely up there well, in terms of bad. like objectively, there are games with worse bones, of course. Um, like there are games that play worse. Anarchy Ride but... to Hell is pretty bad. Anarchy Ride to Hell is pretty bad. Remember, remember the the fully clothed sex scenes. You, you, get the, I, you, you get the fucker girl because you, you beat up some dudes and she's like, I'm going to repay you with sex. That happened. Uh, I, um... I've never played that game, so I can't include it in the list. But that's, the, <laughs> that's like the obvious one. Like Everyone always says, like the worst movie ever created is The Room. The worst game ever created is Anarchy Ride to Hell. <laughs> I mean, I, I so I personally played Sonic 2006 and um, Big Rigs. Um, and like, I, so I beaten Sonic 2006 Mm -hmm. and that was a bad time. And I guess Sonic did make out with that chick. Oh God, that that did happen. That was pretty bad. But like, I don't know, like just, especially because this has, this is a medium that, fuck, this is a a... genre, (laughs) I can't say the word medium now. I can't even play games on medium specs to your heart because it's... and it's a genre that, like, horror... Horror is kind of where you can... Like, like intrinsically, because it's horror, you're, you're breaking rules. And, and because you're doing that, you can tell stories that are, like... Int- like you can get more real, almost intrinsically, yeah. than in any other if genre. You're gonna, because... If you're going to tell the, the super dark... Not edgy, because, like... like I wouldn't call, like, Silent Hill edgy because of its themes... It because mm-hmm. it does it in such a way that's so genuine and heartfelt. Um, so it's not edgy. They're they're quote unquote edgy and dark themes, but they're they're done in a way that's not like, uh, fucking suicide is super dark. Am I right? Like, it's it, it it's a perfect genre to sort of tell this story where yeah you are running around a strange place exploring trying to figure out the mystery. You're either completely helpless or nearly helpless and things are just happening around you and you're kind of unraveling it and and like i I don't i don't think this game is going to like prevent more of these from being made or anything like that it's just literally having a love letter to the thing that did this maybe the best in its genre like definitely at least one of the pillars of this genre and of like the medium of video games in general and, and just having it turn into such fucking nonsense. Like I fuck it sucks. Like I, I probably like once we get like a month out, I probably won't think about it ever again, which is 
like the Fine. best possible yeah, the best conclusion. possible outcome of this is just never think about this again. But like, bleh, it is an man. interesting case study because, like I said, I do think there's a good game that could come out of this. Like, I, this is this is a first draft, maybe second draft, but um, it's. I, I like games like this because you can look at them and be like, okay, what did they do wrong? You could kind of do... You you do that sort of, like, a, that workshop where you, you kind of analyze and theorize, like, what could have been changed and done to make it better. And I, I always find that kind of discussion interesting. Yeah, well... We'll see. Um, we'll see what they do. Mm-hmm. But... So, all right, ending time. Yeah. What do you think? I um, didn't really do anything else since we talked. I did watch the entire, or listen to the entire uh, four and a half hour Star Wars podcast. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, no, so I, I, I meant, do we want to get into the ending of the game? Oh, um. yes. <laughs> I thought we were I thought we were moving on. But yes, we can, yeah, yeah, because yeah, we haven't really, okay. we touched on it a little cool. bit, but not too much. Right? Yeah. So, I'm just going to briefly run through the story, try to do it in less than a minute. Um, correct me if I missed something. I guess, spoiler, well, we already spoiled everything, but, like, who cares? Don't fucking... Yeah, don't, I mean... Uh, save, your, save, your, save yourself. Unless you really want to experience for yourself, but I would say, for the most part, just... If you watch, like, a YouTube playthrough of it already... Yeah, like, I would strongly recommend, fi- like, there are a couple of critical analyses that are coming up soon, and or, or, or some of them are already out, and maybe experiencing this thing with context yeah. or something. If you want like, if if you you are- to experience in context first before you start, like, delving into the themes and whether or, yet, whether or not you agree or disagree with everything, um, don't play it for yourself. Go watch a YouTube playthrough, because it's... It'll save you the 40 bucks or whatever, and you want the... <laughs> um, but yeah, so like like the the, the like 900-foot overhead overview of the story is... Uh, there was once a boy named Richard. He, was, he lived in Poland uh, when the Nazis took over Poland. A Jewish family was hiding in his basement. Um, and he became smitten with the, the young girl in the family, name of Rose. And uh, his father died in the war, World War II... And, um, the stepfather came in, um, and was abusive. And you also just get to straight up hear him raping her, raping his wife, um, like in full detail, which that was cool. Thanks, Bloober. is that what happened? I thought he was just beating her. Um, there, if you, um, read the notes that she sends to the Nazis to tell them, hey, we have Jewish people here and you need to get them out, which she does in order to get the father out of the picture, um, you can you can read what he did basically. Oh, okay. I, I missed um, that completely. <laughs> yeah. Um, which like I mean, there a lot of the things similarly to a lot of like old school survival horror games. You kind of got to go peek in and right. look in, in every corner to find the notes and stuff. And a lot like some of them aren't no, like noticeable. You gotta use the the insight view or whatever the fuck. Uh, press the left bumper in order to Wait, you, see them for you real. You could do that on notes uh not on notes but like if you're on the map got it yeah to find some notes yeah yeah. um so uh the nazis come and uh remove the stepfather and the daughter and the stepdaughter this girl rose um and then it's implied that richard goes and tries to find her and then she's dead 
So uh, the the trauma that he went through as part of the stepfather and losing his friend, uh, he awoke the demon, the child eater, and it it uh, the it awoken the thing inside of him that made him uh, attracted to young girls whose name are the names of flowers or something stupid, um, yeah. because the girl's name was Rose, and then Lily, Lillian, um, down the road, her name was Lily. So hey. Um, so then a man named Thomas, who I think is an agent for, or like, maybe he had been experimented on by Nazis or something. It's unclear. At some point, a Polish, like, CIA officer or whatever comes looking for him for reasons I'm not, I don't care about. Um, and he says, like, I have the, the scientists who were looking at you want you back. And he was like, whatever. And then goes spirit Kaioken and, um, banishes the dude to the shadow realm or something. Anyway, this man Thomas, he has powers of, of spiritual powers, and he can, uh, uh, you know, see into the shadow realm and banish people there and stuff, and it's all very symbolic. Um, he has two daughters, and he's hiding from the Polish government for some reason, so he takes him to a a house that is built on like you gotta like go through the secret remains of this uh, this old work camp or this, like, workers' uh, socialist paradise situation um, in order to find where he's working. And then you learn that this man, Thomas, um, what, became acquainted with Richard, the, the young boy from the Polish story or from, like, the, the World War II Poland story. Uh, later in life, uh, Richard became a, an artist, became a drawer and a painter, Um and was fascinated by Thomas's uh, view of the world because he could see the spiritual world and like the the vistas he was painting and, and the ideas that he was presenting were so fascinating to him um, that they became close. Um, but then Thomas got married, and uh, later down the line, Thomas trusts his daughter to Uncle Richard to the family friend while he's off maybe fighting wars or something. I don't really know what Thomas does, um, but Richard. Uh, the demon inside of him, the child eater, like, you, literally Marianne says, oh, wow, I felt something kick there when she remembers uh, Richard and Lily hanging out together um, in the in just great, gross ways. Mm-hmm. And it's implied that Richard does very bad, very bad things to this young woman, Lily. Um, Thomas it's, banishes him to the Shadow not Realm. Not a young woman is essentially a child at this point. Yeah, like, I think below, I think still single digits, I'm not positive. Um, Thomas vanishes Richard to the Shadow Realm for being um, a pedophile sack of shit. Um, And then uh, Lillian, uh, like, begins to, like, literally there's a line that Thomas says that that the, the, whatever happened with Richard, it's never explicitly stated what happens with Richard. Um, but whatever happened, it awoke it, 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 something deep and dark and bad inside of Lillian, and that eventually becomes the maw, the creature that is, um, festering inside of her. Um, a Polish CIA man comes to take Thomas back to wherever he's taking him back to. Um, in order to get him to talk, he lights, uh, Thomas's house on fire to be like, hey, you want to save your daughters? Fucking tell me what I want to know, you piece of shit. Um, Lillian, uh, uh, Lily, the, the young girl familiar in the story, is trapped inside of the house with his sister, Marianne, who is a character that we play as throughout the rest of the game. Um, 
and uh, then uh, the demon that's been festering inside of Lily this entire time, name of the Maw, goes like, hey, you gotta let me out so that I can save you from the fire. Um, and Lillian does it, and um, then the demon goes off and massacres a bunch of people inside of the workers' camp and does all kinds of horrible things that we see over there. Um, Thomas realizing what happened decides to separate the daughters marianne ends up getting injured in the fire falls into a coma or marianne does and um when she wakes up she gets adopted by a funeral home director which i kind of wanted to see because like like she implies that like she marianne was like um an outcast because of the fact she could like see dead people and stuff yeah i kind of i kind of wanted to see a goof of like Jack, as the funeral director, was like, "Hey, talk to this dead guy. Let me tell me how he wants his tie yeah. or whatever." Um, there's a like there's like a prequel like, that could have been uh, serious but also lighthearted at the same time, and and like it could have maybe explained where like Marianne got a little bit of her like dark humor and like like the gallows humor yeah, and being able been, to kind of be upbeat. Been, that's in that's the dark what she times. should have had instead of the bolt cutter agent bolt cutter she should have had really like dry gallows humor mm-hmm. um but uh we don't i mean we don't have to see all that um and i should mention at the beginning of the game there's a cat and you can't pet it um that's a shame that sucks um also you can't pet a dog later um because remember that remember that yeah. dog shows up fucking resident evil 4 style and fucking like guide you on your path and then fucks off mm-hmm. and you never see him again What's um that? people like dogs what? is that a reference to a silent hill thing i feel like it, that was just included uh, the, there is a dog in silent hill but that dog uh is a shiba one and two it well, like yeah is like that dog is like has control over the entire world yeah, that's the joke because yeah yeah there was no um, reason for the dog in this game I mean, it's uh, it's the Fable 2 thing of we're going to give you a dog so we can take it away so that you'll feel something for five seconds. I, I guess, yeah. Um, so, what? Um, Marianne lives her life, lives a normal life, uh, and Lillian, or Lily, uh, goes to live in a fallout bunker with her father, um, who figures out that if you just hang out with Salt a lot, um, you can banish your, like, you can get rid of your medium powers and try to live normally um but eventually the ma breaks lily out of the uh out of the bunker and um thomas we don't actually know where the fuck thomas is like at some point thomas is in like at the end of the game thomas is in the spirit realm with like his real self um and spirit thomas has been fighting the polish cia officers uh shadow version for like 20 years or something and he could never get out, but I don't know what's up with real Thomas. Anyway, um, basically, just the, this this trauma that built it, or the, the trauma demon that built up inside of Lillian because of what happened to her at the hands of Richard has morphed and, and and destroyed the lives of her and her father and everyone in the workers' camp. And um, at the end of the game, it's revealed that Leanne has been sending Marianne messages for a long time in the form of a, a recurring dream where um, a young girl is running down a forest path and then gets to a pier and then a man shows up and shoots her in the head. Or there's a gunshot and a fade to black, but it's implied. 
what the dude is doing. Um, it turns out that was a message, and Lillian literally says, that's what I want to happen. I want someone to come and shoot me in the fucking face, because, man, I can't, there's nothing I can do. I'm. She literally says, I'm not strong enough she, to well, do she it. She literally says that she's tried to end it, but the demon won't let her, which is implying that she tried to kill herself, but the demon, like, stopped her. Yep. Um... So, the Ma, the demon, uh, like, for whatever reason, like, the demon keeps chasing Marianne, and, like, the demon has been chasing Marianne throughout the entire game, because she realizes that Marianne is an extremely powerful medium, and wants to inject his demonness into her so that he can grow stronger, which maybe that's why Thomas fucked off because Thomas is like clearly in his gameplay sections significantly way stronger, stronger yeah. than Marianne, um, like way more in control of, of his situation. Um, so maybe that's why he shadow rums himself. I don't doesn't really matter. Um, but uh, yeah, in, in the in the grand finale, you get your your Oscar winning moment of of Marianne. She's got a gun. Lillian hands her a fucking gun and says, "Shoot um, me. to be." Yeah, shoot me in the fucking face and end this. Um, and this is after Thomas's spirit self says, "You can't save everybody. Hmm, what are you gonna do?" Um, and uh, Marianne has this moment of like head in hands, and and the spirit world and the real world are intersecting in front of her, and and the music swelling up, and Lillian saying, "Shoot me, shoot me in the face," and the Ma is like, "Do it, do it. Yeah, it'll be funny or whatever." Um, and then she holds the bullet, the gun to her own head, does Marianne, and she's like, yeah, if you just want a strong medium, I could just shoot myself in the head, and then Lillian's like, yes, no, don't, but then my trauma just spreads to someone else, oh, jeezums, and, and then Marianne considers all of her grandiose options on the table, which are, um, shoot the girl, or shoot herself, or ineffectively shoot the demon, and then uh, you hear again the phrase, you can't save everyone, from, from the ghost father. And uh, then Marianne gets the gun ready. You don't see who she's pointing it at. And then you hear a gunshot and a, and a cut to black. And it's implied Marianne killed one of the girls because she said it all starts with a dead girl. Uh, she either shot herself or Lillianne. And then you get an achievement saying, you can't save everyone. Yay, good job. You beat the game. Um... And, like, I, the implications of that shit, the implications of all of that are just, like, what's the most generous way to read that? Um, surface level of people that just, like, don't think about it too much and they just they like it's a shocking ending they're just mm -hmm. like whoa i didn't see that one coming like i didn't think that was gonna happen i thought it was gonna happen the way that it was foreshadowed to be but this is totally different and um you could maybe view it as like the noble sacrifice but that's usually done in a more tasteful way um you could do it the way that i because i didn't look too deeply into it i was just like oh yeah it's a demon it's all the demon's fault but yeah when you start to look at it more like you said i was like oh that makes yeah like sense 
if you didn't have the literal like direct correlation between like the the demon and the mental trauma and the things that were inflicted on them like if you you can make a game you can make a story about great unstoppable evil like that's been done a billion times and like no one's sitting like there are probably people like if you dig hard enough into like something evil dead to be like oh there's something meh about this but no one's going like that shit's not actively harmful to nobody like it's uh, reckoning with evil forces is a thing that you can do, but when you correlate it with and pe- horror is a thing. Like the whole idea of Lovecraftian horror is the yeah. the the greater evil, the the enemy of this story is so immensely cosmically powerful that you are less than an ant to it, and that's yeah. where the the fear comes from. There is literally nothing you can do to to stop it. But, like, when the fuel of this is things that people go through all the time in real life, especially, like, people that are stigmatized for it, when you use that as your fuel and write it so unempathetically, give them, like, no avenue, no implication, there's nothing in this story that even comes close to saying Lillian had, like, Lillian was anything but predestined to just, like, make everything in her life worse her life like she never had any hope of getting better and it all stems from an actual real thing that real people are going through right now and like fuck off man yeah like making making trauma like uh anthropomorphized into a demon is not the way to go about it like i said you you just need to have demons within the spirit realm who are plotters who feed on trauma and are attracted to it and then yeah and then it becomes about going into the spirit realm and getting rid of those demons and then you can kind of have as a metaphor of like trying to to conquer your inner demons and getting over you know having that that light at the end of the tunnel like you were saying of like getting over certain things and um but how it's done is just so just high school writing drama class where you think you're being edgy and heady and you're 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 tackling dark themes but you just don't just don't have a don't have someone point a gun at their head yeah like don't don't explicitly go like eh, you, this girl might as well die. There's just like, yeah, what else is she gonna do? This is a never-ending cycle of trauma. I better just fucking blow my brains out right now. Like, stop. No. <sighs> I don't know. Um. Well, I uh, and like I, I hadn't put together that no, this this was foreshadowed. It didn't come out of fucking nowhere. There is actually suicide imagery throughout the entire game that I fucking forgot about. Yeah, it's uh, um, the the razor with, blade with the flesh doors and, and was stuff. Really, uh, strange, and uh, yeah, just, it, the game literally starts with it starts with a dead girl and a girl in a pier getting shot, yeah. and. Uh, I don't know. Um, I didn't like it. 
Well, I guess. Yeah, I, I I don't know what went through the writers' heads. I don't know if they were like attempting this sort of uh, theme. I could see where somebody wrote this not envisioning this. I feel like that's entirely possible. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but also at the same time, like, hey, if you if somebody else took another look at this, you probably should have come up with this, you know? Like, you can't... Yeah. If somebody tells you, like, yo, like, these themes are really pointing towards this, you can't just be like, oh, no, that wasn't my intention, so I'm going to keep it. Uh, at that like, point, uh, you kind of uh, uh, have to change it, you know? Yeah, on a first try, maybe, but like I said, like... Blair Witch had a similar thing. I I I have I, I have not read enough into Layers of Fear, but like people have passively gone like ah, they kind of did the same thing there. Or like people who are mentally ill all want to die, mm. which like no, that's fuck off. It's not yeah, you fucking assholes. Um and just like no like the the idea of like no I I don't think they are writing over there actively trying to get people to like like go down any of these roads they're not doing this on purpose but intent stops mattering when you're on your fourth try yeah yeah that's why i'm kind of like, and, 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 i'm like shakily saying these sort of things just because I, I i don't want yeah, to like yeah um, for sure someone to take this and like apply it to another thing that's somebody's first attempt you know yeah yeah no for sure like i i don't want to paint too broad of a brush and and like, ugh, there's just such a strong fucking correlation in this case, and this one was just so. I don't know. It 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 feels, and part of it is it's probably being magnified because it so directly apes something that did so successfully in the Silent Hill series, and like it is getting a lot of eyes from people who are, like, the Silent Hill games have been like thoroughly and overly psychoanalyzed for 20 years at this point like the community around these games is so good at, at, at and so well worn in doing this stuff that when 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 the game comes out and and does these things in service of a of an aesop that is so fucking toxic it uh i mean this game it's this game's less than a week old and like, this is kind of a, a whole lot of words to be saying about the plot of this thing this early on mm -hmm. for a fucking, like, video game. So, um, I, I don't know. I'm not, why, 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 why was, why was the, why was the dog there? What, what there the was, dog there do? was so much just random things in this game that, like, didn't have a point and there were, like, so you mentioned the uh, using the insight button to like look for the um, the journal pages and stuff. Mm -hmm. I constantly forgot that that was a mechanic because you only need to use it like a few times. Every time you need to use it, the game's like, hey, hey, you can like either Marianne goes like, oh, I should insight. Yeah, or, like when like, I was like... in the um, the meat factory towards the end of the game with Thomas. And mm -hmm. you, like, open the suitcase, um, and there's nothing in it. And I was just like, oh, okay, this is just some scenery. And then I was, like, walking around that, like, platform that you're on where, like, clearly someone has lived. And I was just yeah. like, okay, what do I do? And it took me, like, several minutes to be like, oh, I should probably insight. 
because that was a mechanic. But I hadn't used this mechanic in probably like three hours, maybe. So I yeah, didn't think no, to I, use I, it, you know? I, I, I definitely had to kind of run in circles around that spot for a little bit. And that, that just happened... That happened kind of a lot. Yeah, there were a lot of instances in the game where I forgot there was a mechanic in the game because it wasn't a mechanic that you regularly used. And it was so long between uses that you forget it's a game, it's a mechanic. Like, the number of times that I got lost in this game's straight line... <laughs> like, one would have been, like, acceptable. Like, if I just brain farted once whatever that's yeah, fine happens. but like literally like four or five times it was like i where's the fucking thing i need god damn it and then like 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 when you're trying to figure out how to power up the or how to like get your shield to activate with the mods in the in the apartment building where the nurse and the doctor have their fling for the first uh-huh. time or whatever and the answer is that you need to out of body experience past the part of the of the floor that had crumbled away like i just I ran laps in that fucking place yeah, for about twenty minutes. That out of body experience is a thing, and and then I eventually just ran into the mods, thinking like, okay, maybe fucking something didn't trigger, and and I I just need to reload this, um, and then eventually someone in chat was like, can't you send your body over the spirit realm? I was like, oh fucking goddamn. Yeah, that was a um, the the out of body experience was a neat mechanic that should have been used in more puzzles. Like that should have been a regular mechanic that you use regularly to get through objects. But they they had to give you more of an on ramp on thinking with both worlds yeah. in mind because like I found myself so many times just sticking to one side. Yeah, that was the problem. Was not thinking about the I other. I would usually look at um typically the real world side just because it was a little bit more clear even though i I would much rather look at the spirit realm side because it's way more interesting looking um but yeah there i would just navigate through the world looking at one side whichever side was more clear or had better lighting so i could see and then i would forget entirely that the other side was happening and it would be a couple minutes then to be like oh i can i could focus on this side and do something over here which is a neat mechanic, but it's implemented so poorly that you just forget the other half of the game is happening. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's a bummer, because there are times when, like, I mean, none of the puzzles are, like, super, super deep, but it could, it, it, they're, they're neat when you figure some of them yeah, out. There was, um, a few of them were neat. I, I kept waiting for that good puzzle to come by, because, like, with those mechanics that the game introduces... There are good puzzles that exist that somebody could, like, architect out and make and be very interesting. Um, yeah. Oh, the one the one that I found really interesting was... It, it, it had nothing to do with the mechanics, but it was a it was a fun, like, uh, thought puzzle. Was the, uh, the conference room, where you have to find the name of the person you're trying to send. Um... And I liked it well enough, but the execution made me very pissed. Uh, same, but the problem was... I don't know if I, you ran into what I ran into. Um, did you run into the bug where you couldn't look at the chairs? I ran into... I don't know if it was a bug or not, but I just... I, 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 I looked at the list, I looked at the chairs, and then I, I was supposed to look at the list again so that Marianne could put together who was sitting across from this guy in the conference room. But I was just like, okay, it's Nicholas, alright. And then it just ran back to oh, the beginning, yeah, we, and Marianne was like... <sighs> we did the exact same thing. I figured it out before yeah. Marianne did, so I ran back, 
and I was like, okay, it's going to give me a list, and then I have to pick the right one, and I, I, I figured it out. I felt so, like, I felt accomplished because I was like, oh, I solved this puzzle. Like, it was a, it was a, not like a super difficult, like, um, where are people sitting puzzle. But I figured it out on my own, and then it was like, oh, I had to look at everything in the correct order for Marianne to go, ah, I figured it out. This is where this person is sitting. And the person was sitting across from them, so that means, and then she, like, looks over at the other chair, and then you have to go look at the other yep. chair, like, yes, this is where you sat. Let me go look at the paper to see what the name is. And then you look at the paper, like, ah, it's Nicholas, this guy. That's his name. I should go tell him now. There had to be some fucking way to let you be emergent in that. That yeah, uh, that was, you, that you, was... the player needed to have agency. Yeah, and and then you get to loop de loop around the conference room with 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 Sharpie McDickface, um, because he shows up like right after, and, he's, and he's, there's no way around him. Uh, so gotta... He's invisible. I I literally just stood in a corner until the. The music stopped. He just—I guess—he just disappeared. I just hid. In, I, I just hid behind the conference table, and the music played, and he did his weird throaty, gurgly voice, and then he just—I guess—he just disappeared. And then I walked out. That's amazing. Well, I, was, <sighs> I was sitting there like, "You're invisible. I can't see you. You're either just gonna kill me suddenly, or you're gonna go away." Well, I mean, if you insight, you can see his outline. Um, oh man, that would have been really nice to know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, which I only figured that out in the ending where he like, or in the puzzle right at the end where he never moves, so it doesn't fucking matter if you know where he is. Oh. But uh, yeah, no, you 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 can kind of sort of figure out where he is. Although most of the time I didn't care and just fucking sprinted, and if he got me, he got me. Yeah, he he um, has that sort of like um the like Ripley effect. That's like translucent, but like you can't. If the lighting is poor, you can't see it. Yeah, yeah, like uh, yeah, yes, like like an invisible man or a, yeah, like the invisibility perk in Halo or whatever. Like you can bake mm -hmm. out his warbly outline. Um, ugh, anything else? I kind of I don't want to talk about this game. Uh, I don't think <laughs> so. I think we probably hit everything if there's something i think about i'll probably send it to you in discord be like remember that stupid fucking shit remember that remember that crap whoa <laughs> fucking Fuck. um how do you want a podcast The Name Pending Podcast and or ABCD Podcast and or whatever the hell we decided to call this is brought to you by three nerds with nothing better to do on a Tuesday. You can find the other half of this episode wherever we uploaded this one. You can also find more of Brian at www.twitch.tv slash madlarkin6, that's M-A-D-L-A-R-K-I-N-6, and more of Davey at www.twitch.tv slash factory underscore Davey. Chris doesn't do any of this. Yet. Links to all of those in the description of this episode. Finally, credit for the song you're listening to, Name of BitQuest, goes to Incompetech and Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. 
You can find this track and much more at Incompetech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H.com. And a link to the reference license can be found in the description. Thanks for listening.